Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap. So I had to break it down The whole network, man, we coming for the crown Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Bang. Hey, folks. Welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm going to hear me at Rich Lott. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Ready for another great episode here at One Nation Radio. Watch. Uh, had a great weekend. Um, definitely uh, from Friday on, uh, watch Creed 3. Not going to spoil it for anybody uh, that may have not seen it already. Uh, I know JML is still waiting to go see it uh, with his brother and all that. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I thought it was a great, great piece of cinema worthy of of its own like standing within the series like if it wasn't even part of the series i think it's like it, it works on its own um it's a uh definite like thing if you're into the rocky movies and you know i'm pretty really deep into them uh there was not a chance i wasn't like seeing this immediately uh but go out of your way to see this uh great performances from uh michael b jordan jonathan majors and um it was uh like I, you know, it, it, it's a, a lot about LA, and um, it was uh, just a great, great thing. And then we got some great wrestling. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, Sir Sam was good. He said, "Yeah, yeah, we were just getting it going." But yeah, um, we just started. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm having trouble, like issue, like issues with recording or whatever else. So, like, I have to once we're done with this like podcast, like doing it in the post show, or whatever else. Like, Rich has to upload it so that I can like upload it myself. Or is I upload, but like rip the audio off of it and then put it into uh into a uh, a DAW and then like edit it from there. Like it's a mess over on this end. So like yeah, that's why we're just getting started because I couldn't figure out how to make it work because like 
computer said, hey, like two years, it's been working perfectly fine, or three years, it's been working perfectly fine. Like that whole thing, we're done. Like that piece that you, whatever you had making it work, we're not doing it anymore. So like I have to go back to the base and figure out another way to make this thing work. But until then, we're doing this. So that's why we started late. As opposed to me normally being late, just in general. But yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I'm glad you enjoyed Creed. And I, I will get to Creed 2 and then 3 eventually. It will happen. It will happen. It'll happen for the summer. I, yeah. I, I, I'll say that. I'll watch, I will watch Creed 3 before the end of the summer. Because, bro, there's like so many things I was watching. Uh, I was watching with Josh, and uh, we both brought, uh, you know, the women in our lives. And um, there was just so many things where it was like, you sympathize with Dame Anderson a lot. And, you know, there are things like are undeniable. I think he did that are undeniable villainous things, but there's also shit with Michael B. Jordan. It's a lot of rectifying people in your past, moving on from people. Like there's a lot of that going on and it's a lot to settle. So I'm not going to go any further, but uh, it was excellent. Let's just say, and the fighting is better than ever. Mm. I will say that I, I did enjoy seeing some of the, uh, trailers and like they're both setting up to fight each other and they're, they're, they're both yelling run it and i'm just howling because like that's the stuff we've been saying <laughs> that's the stuff we've been saying since we were kids <laughs> run it just just <laughs> just so fucking funny uh but yeah um i'll get to it uh so um aew revolution 2023 boy this was a great show um I would probably have this as my front runner for best show of the year so far in, in front of the triangle Derby from Saturday in front of Russell kingdom. I thought that um, for a match like an, an hour long main event that they were going to push that you saw, like, you know, that you got interested at like an hour and hour and 25 minutes before. So you knew they were going to go into overtime. I thought that, like they had a lot, uh, a, a very uphill battle and a huge challenge. And through the first twenty minutes, I had I was still I was very doubtful. And then they flipped it around, and it was sensational. The last twenty minutes of regulation plus overtime, I thought that was a great match, a classic match. I thought that, uh, you know, Hangman and and Page, Hangman and Page, Hangman and Moxley, they had a different match, a brutal. Also a bloodbath, but a different match. And in its own genre, is a great match. Great match. And I really enjoyed that, like, you also have, like, this freaking goofy ass <laughs> uh, <clears throat> buried alive casket match deal <laughs> that was also great in its own right and, and was unintentionally funny while also, like, being quality wrestling and told a great story. And I thought that, like, uh... This is another example of AEW having a where you can look at it and be like, I don't, I'm not sure. Like, I see there's too many matches. I wish there was a third that I could really bank on, but the story might be missing, or there's a bad injury here, or some bad luck here with things that are out of the booker's control. And they were still able to pull it off because you look at the people that aren't on the show, and you're like, if they aren't on the show, these people have to ball, otherwise they'll never be on the show again. So, um, yeah. Uh, I th- I thought it was another great show. Uh, Rich, what are your thoughts? Probably say like overall, there's a lot of different uh, narratives I think you can run with as far as, uh, you know, if you were to say, what was your takeaway from the show? You can say it was a night of like the the future 
Like it, if you, it was a night of the homegrowns. It was a night of like the younger guys, the next generation, like stepping forward. Um, like you know, MJF going over Danielson. Um, you know, Jungle Boy o- over Christian. Uh, Ricky Starks going over Jericho. Uh, Hangman over Moxley, and like there's just like a, a pattern uh, that really got like established. I think the guns being like you know a homegrown act that like and you know getting a win there and besides that you could just run it from the perspective of like yo this was just one of the greatest wrestling shows (laughs) that you'll ever see um i I echo your statements on um your thoughts on the main event like i was uh i I thought they started like pretty slow but then they're just going insane the last minute of the match and um they really got me with one of the near falls in overtime uh got me and jeremy and we're not easy guys to get like as far as like if we think something's happening we're pretty much sticking with it and then uh was it after you rip out the ring nah it was the it was the busaku knee ah okay and it was like oh and then he basically he did the big oversell flip of it uh but this this for me was was like the death match like i was i was blown away by this like the presentation the knowing where these guys are in their careers knowing that how long they've been trying to do this feud and then uh just the entrances uh and the the brutality and it was just like, yeah, John Moxley bleeds every week. So fucking what? That shit was not any less effective here at all. Like because of all that shit, like he can bleed as much as he wants. Um, trios match, incredible. Like, <laughs> um, yep. like there's just like you know, there there. This was a different format because an Iron Man match. So, and even the women like match like I thought it was like solid like and they did a little angle after and kind of pushed something forward there um this was just up and down it was it was a I think the show flew by uh personally and it was like yo y- these these guys don't lose on pay-per-view typically like uh, I went through their history earlier I was actually having a comment with Sir Sam and it was like there's like two shows maybe three where it's like yeah get it out of here everything other than that is like very high quality ranging from like very very high quality show to your contender to some of the greatest wrestling shows of all time so and, and you know what it I think I think there are people that are that would like to call this the greatest show of all time. I can't do that, but what I can do is say how I look at it just because like, I don't, you know, there, there's just so much shit. Can you get in the room? That That's what I feel like. And I feel like AW revolution 2023 can get in the room essentially. So do you think it's the best AW pay-per-view of all time? You know, I don't know. Like, I, I don't feel like I felt in the moment, but when you like lay it down on paper and it's like, yo, there are, I saw people giving three different matches on this show, five stars, whether how many of them, you know, you think there are five stars or whatever up to you. I've seen two, uh-huh. them giving two of them. I've seen one. I've seen a bunch of 4.75s. And the thing was, nothing was bad. I don't think there was under anything under like a three star effort maybe three and a quarter but from there it was just like the top stuff nailed it so much and then stars and jericho was great and then the casket match like supporting it underneath and it was like you look at like the top five or six and it's just like 
great. And then it's like, yeah, like it, it, it just was dope. Um, I don't know. I, I got to sit with it. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of in that range too. Because you told me that uh, that Lanza and, and Kreish both, or one of the two or both of them said that like, they think it's the greatest pay-per-view ever. And I'm just like, uh, I don't even think it's the best pay-per-view that they've done. <laughs> but, you know, um, you know, that's, that's their opinion. But I was just like, at first, just off for first blush, I was like, uh, I don't know, man. Like, there's been some ADM pay-per-views where it's like, they've had like six four-star matches or, 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 or basically knocking on the door of four-star matches, depending on how you feel about them, whatever else. And I understand like, uh, the two, the two matches are, or doozy or whatever else. Uh, but like, in, you know, there is something to say about the the main event thing with an AEW. Um, but like, I, you know, just, just bell ring to bell ring over and over and over. There's some that there's some, I feel like there's a few pay-per-views that they've had that are better than that, let alone like the rest of the world. And, you know, it's, it's really hard for me to think there's something better than some of these Wrestle Kingdoms, but yeah, you know, whatever. I, I, I'm partial to Dominion 2018 myself, but <laughs> that's, that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah. I guess we should we should uh, run through it. Let's go from yeah. the bottom first, to the top. Yeah. So first match, Chris Jericho versus <laughs> versus uh, Ricky Starks. Um, bandaged so, up. Huh? Bandaged up. Yeah, bandaged up. Uh, I don't. So I. So I'm assuming he got injured or he got attacked at uh, Rampage, and I just I didn't see Rampage. Right. Who knows? You didn't watch Rampage. I did not. I was watching Creed three. Okay, yeah, that's right. Okay, so uh, taped up ribs. Uh, Jericho pulls out the uh, uh, the butterfly uh, knee drop uh, or backbreaker on him at, at a certain point. Um, Ricky Starks did a tope through the ropes. So I was surprised. Um, and then and then you know you're watching. I'm like, this is like this feels like a w like a WWE Jericho pay per view match. Um, and it was really it was very good. Uh, I think that Ricky was sloppy early on, but he kind of tightened up uh, towards the towards the closing stretch. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a very good match. Um, and at the end, Ricky Starks ended up hitting the Rochambeau in the W. So James, Chris Jericho didn't bury anybody. No, Chris in, in Jericho. fact, he was in fact he was a better wrestler, performer, and then put a dude over clean as, and then also like uh, then put over the baby face clean as a sheet after like trying to cheat in the middle of the match or did cheat in the middle of the match. Yeah. Yeah. He got his own finisher thwarted. Yep. You know, he, he didn't sap this guy's momentum. He didn't do all these things that people have made up about Chris Jericho for months. And these, you know, if you're upset that Eddie Kingston lost and then got himself into further trouble backstage, just say that. That's not on Chris Jericho. Um, all these, you know, people were talking about all his feuds are too long and all this shit. It was just like, you know, just being mystified at why Ricky Starks would want to wrestle him again. I'd be like, because the pay-per-view is coming. Use your fucking brain. Um, it is so frustrating to think about how people treat a guy that has an argument of being like you look at the history of this company and you think about who is more who's gotten more people over than this guy it's a short list if there's a list at all yeah um yeah 
what are we doing here, man? Um, yeah, I thought this look, was a- look. A lot of people are a lot of people are really into Eddie Kingston, and I get it, but it was overblown at the time because um, obviously, like, he was set to then move over to you know face Danielson and face Moxley, and he had to put over Danielson and Moxley, and then he, and now look where he's at. Like, he was a formidable hill that was going to be trampled at the top. I think people thought he was like going to get the belt again or something. I don't know. Like John Moxley and Chris Jericho had to happen over the summer. Somebody had to lose to set it up. I mean, <laughs> um, but yeah, as far as this match, uh, this was a, I thought this was very well worked. I didn't think this was a note. I wouldn't go notebook or anything with this, but I thought it was uh, the the big match that it needed to be for, for Ricky Starks to put wins under his belt. I don't know as far as like, you know, the impressiveness of it or anything like that. You mentioned Jericho still being the better performer. I totally agree. Um, but this is the theme of the show. This is like, all right, we're going to give these dudes something like, and you know, you got two wins over Jericho. I think that it's done now and they, they can move on and let, let's see him. Let's see him get in there with, I don't know the heel roster and all that, but um, you know, this was, this was good enough opener for a pay-per-view. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very good pay-per-view opener. Um, and is that what we do with Jericho now for, for the time being? Not, not saying it's a bad thing, but like, do we just put him in openers from here on out or for a certain amount of time? Like give him like the Azumi Hannon tre- treatment. <laughs> I, I think, you, you know, give... the Kingston thing last year, you know, K- Kingston last year, revolution, yeah. one year anniversary revolution this year. Um, you, you could do that. We know Jericho advocate to go on first. He loves doing it. Um, I, I think there, there's still another match with him and Kenny that, that can be explored. Um, especially with their Winnipeg show coming up March 15th. Uh, I would love for them to do that there. Um, you think they can get there that quick? One can hope. But, um, you know, I think Jericho can – he can write his own ticket. If he wants to If he wants to work four or five times a year, he can do it. If he wants to be on every show, he can do it. Uh, he's got a whole unit that, that he can kind of either blow up right now or do whatever. And he, he has something in the fallout. Okay. Um, so what was the second match on the card? Uh, was it the casket match? Second match was the casket match. Yeah. Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage. I'm sorry. Jungle Boy versus Turtleneck Christian Cage. This man listens to One Nation Radio. This man listens to James <laughs> Boyd of One Nation Radio from the Soul Suplex Podcast Network. Rich, how many weeks have I came on this show and talked about Christian coming out here in a fucking turtleneck in a in a in a coat over the top of it, looking like after he goes out here and buries Shadow Jungle Boy and buries his family. And is all and also buries the motherfuckers that actually buried in his family, and also buried his uh his his parents since the uh, sorry, summer, his mother and his sister. How and he, like he's about to go out and go uh, you know looking for some uh appropriate age trim uh with a wine with a wine glass in hand. I've talked about this for a while now, and Look sure like enough, Christian is all ages, man. Um, <laughs> so Christian comes out for this, you know. Street fight slash casket match, and you know he came out first. So like you come as you are, and what I am is a man that wears a turtleneck. He comes out with a black turtleneck with the sleeves off, and I'm sitting in my I'm sitting in my fucking house howling, bitch. Uh, 
I couldn't believe this. Uh, and then Christian, sorry, and then Jungle Boy comes out and he's basically like, "Hey, man, like, you, you know what? You know what I'm doing? Like, I'm I'm, I'm 90 Shawn Michaels or 2000 Shawn Michaels come out uh, with with, the, with the, just no shirt and some like you know some Asher Watch jeans on no and belt. um yeah and a belt and you know you know Shawn used to have like the tan boots and like Jungle Boy. Luckily, his boots are close to t- close enough to tan. He ain't got to change them. He just comes out in no. So that man was dressed like it was SummerSlam 2002 out here. Only thing yeah, he didn't come yeah. out with on with is the wife beater with, with the uh with, with the Jesus um uh quote on it or yeah I think it was a Bible verse on it. Yeah, good thing he didn't cut his hair like Sean did either. So Ooh, um years away from that. <laughs> so they had a match. Uh, Jungle Boy gets the best of them. <laughs> Chris is like, fuck this match. I'm he runs Bro. the opposite side away from the go ahead. Like, this match was unintentionally hilarious. Like, it yeah, was well. just it made me smile the whole time watching it because Chris was just so, such an old, crusty veteran, and like they were fighting in the dirt like like children, and yes. like they were th- dudes. You know, throwing sand at them and shit. Like, bro, I was howling just watching like everything they did during this. Yeah, man, Christian. Christian's like uh, reversals and momentum were like great. Like it was all just like either he outsmarted him or like he just an old crusty veil. You mentioned like the dirt in the eyes. There's also a point where like I think uh, Jungle Jungle Boy they were, they were actually on the dirt uh, by the uh, by the casket, and Jungle Boy has them on the dirt in the uh, in the snare trap. And after he already got him in the eyes with the dirt, he just like fuck it. I'm just gonna gouge his eyes. And I was like, this man's out here working the eyes in this match. It's hilarious. Uh, so ultimately, uh, you know, inside of the casket, Christian pulls out uh, two chairs. Obviously, uh, talk, you know, in 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 reference to the concerto that they'd use on each other, or that Christian used on Jungle Boy, and um, and you know, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Jungle Boy tried to return a favor, never could. That was always being safe for this match. Uh, so at the end, Jungle Boy gets the best of Christian. He is finally landing the uh, concerto on Christian. Christian sold it like he actually get really got hit, which was, and I was like, wait, did he accidentally fuck around and hit him on accident? You know that man's brains. You know that's a scrambled egg. So um, drags the carcass, puts puts his ass into uh, the casket, and um, you know, like basically like mourned him like yeah i just killed this this dude that was my like you know a, a role model for me and a person i you know that helped me and like this is over with and then he he closed that door and that fucking casket dropped. that shit fell like doop that was bro bro that look and people were asking me what the hell was that and i was like you know what that is that is express shipping to stanford he's been packed up and shipped out 24 hour delivery um so I was on a, a show last Monday. That's why we did our show Sunday uh, with All Elite, uh, Keeks, and, and Friends on Public Enemies uh, podcast on YouTube. And I talked about this match in particular and this feud, like having, uh, like, you know, if you pull the threads on the feud, this goes back to the inception of the company, like of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and, uh, even Marco Stunt being there and being replaced by Christian. And uh, this was like wrapping up that chapter of um, of Jungle Boy's career, like with the cage match at full gear. And then this right here with Christian Cage. And it's like, this guy is a prime time performer. Uh, I don't know who needs to hear it. 
But when it comes to pay-per-view, like, the Jungle Boy is for real. And he, he's got years of work uh, on this, whether it's in tags or now singles, um, to really, you know, start talking about his um, trajectory towards the top of this promotion if he's going to get there. Like, it ain't good because he don't wrestle good enough. Like, <laughs> so yeah. uh, Christian was awesome. This this whole thing, uh, this whole thing ruled. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... For a match that was, you know, obviously gimmicky and whatever else, like I was highly entertained. Like this, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm thinking of giving this four stars. I, I went four on this. Yeah, yeah like yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, even though it was funny as hell. Um, so yeah, uh, next match after that, the trios title match: the Elite, Kenny Omega, Nick Jackson, Matt Jackson versus House of Black, Malachi Black. And I'm blanking on their two names: Brody King <laughs> and Buddy Matthews. <laughs> right. I was like, wait. I, I, I want to call him Buddy Murphy. And I was like, no, nah, that ain't it. It ain't, it's Buddy something. Okay. Yeah. So this match was awesome. And this match like reminded me of, it's not like the Lucha Bros and Elite stuff. It's more like a PWG match of, we have, we have individual matchups and that you want to see with certain wrestlers. So start off the match with Kenny Omega and Buddy, Buddy Murphy, Matthews, Buddy Matthews. And, then this was the who wants some. This was the who wants some McKinney Invitational right here. Right, and then like Excalibur has to like tiptoe <laughs> di- diplomatically around the part where like Kenny Omega like did X Y and Z and popularized it these particular moves, and then Buddy Murphy cribbed those things. And, let's say sampled them, right? Let's, I guess be more polite. He sampled those things, and then now they're in the ring together, and he has to try to form that as a story, and it's like. The real story is this dude was really good. This dude may have been the best wrestler in the world. This dude started using this dude's moves, and now they're here together. And and he was trying to he was trying to massage it real nice, or not make not make it sound like Buddy Murphy's an absolute crook. And I was like, no, nah, man, it's wrestling. Just steal that Bro. shit. Who cares? Don Cows was sitting there. And he was like almost trying to say it like, All right, Don, are you impressed? And Don was like, no, like. <laughs> so. So uh, you know they they both um, they both wrestled around a little bit and then they both uh, tease and, and evade V triggers from each other and then uh, you know like an instant stands of like you know show you show me what you got show me what you got all right we kind of at a standoff let's tag out except they tag in except Buddy tags in Malachi and the crowd was with it and they was like you know me Rich I've been waiting for this match for years <laughs> I've, been, mm-hmm. I've been waiting for a Malachi Omega match for years and the crowd was like apparently was like. Oh, this is really cool too. So um they have their match and it's like it's Kenny in there with obviously a striker with the Muay Thai background. But also the thing with Malachi is like he's just, he's like this really nasty uh like technical wrestler and, and chain wrestler and get you on the mat. And like it was really cool to see Kenny Omega like work like work a technical st- a more technical style than he normally does as opposed to like more dynamic, just you know, kind of stuff. And I thought it was cool to see like a change of approach for him um, a, or more of a more than more than what you usually see, but you know, he can do it's like the same thing. We see like Zack Sabre and Osprey. Like he was like, Oh yeah, you know, you know, Osprey can do this stuff, but like, it's nice to see him, you know, do it every so often and then like coming back to his thing. So that was really cool. And then like t- basically from there, uh, they get in Brody King and he's basically the monster on the hill. He's like the bloater in, he's like the bloater monster in freaking uh, the last of us where he's like, it can't do nothing with him. He's big. He's strong. He's he's like he's unstoppable. And it took basically the rest of that match where he just basically is the game changer. It took so many different um, 
types of measures to like get finally get him hurt. And then um a lot of young bucks like both catching him with dual moves. Dual moves, triple super kicks. Um and then from there, you know, uh, you get to a lot of points of saves. Uh, people started making saves and great kickouts and near falls and really, uh, really cool stuff. Blind tags, and uh, you know, and then you know, it, it felt like a PWG match, trios match that was like in front of however many thousands of people, ten thousand people, like something like that, right? Eleven thousand, something like that. So, um, awesome match at the end. Uh, the House of Black gets the W. Yeah, um, they came. I think, out. It surpri- I think it surprised a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, because obviously the the build was like there's a lot of nasty shit going around around the rumor mills right right now. A lot of people were talking about everything in the um, the lack of uh, focus on the elite, uh, the lack of focus on this story in particular. Uh, just there's not much there going into it, um, and you know to drop the belts off. Um, I think uh, it was a Meltzer driver counter uh, from Buddy Matthews uh, hit hit Nick Jackson with the knee, then they flipped Matt over and Matt's in there. You know they're dead. Matt's the pin eater, so it was over. Uh, I was like, well, he's not kicking out, and then he didn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I think this kind of uh, this serves a couple different masters. I, I think the elite like have you know those trios belts were were kind of made for them, and they've been uh, kind of roped around these things since. Uh, August with a small break in between um, and getting them out of there um, back into uh, possibly the Bucks going into the tags or Kenny going singles um, that I think that's a benefit. And then a lot of people have wanted to get something going for the house of black for quite a while. Uh, they've been standing in the, um, in the shadows, not really doing much kind the of waiting for this whole thing um to to pop off but uh Kenny still got the IWGP US title I could see the, those defenses um uh, I could see the bucks you know starting to, starting to try to gain some momentum uh going back and uh you know between the house of black like they should be able to like do something with those I, I don't see why not yeah, yeah yeah um you know when you, when they made the trio titles like they're one of the first team like after for me anyway after the elite in Lucha Bros and Pack, like House Black is the first thing I thought of. Um, so yeah, like they were going to eventually get them. Glad they have them. I want to see what they do with them. And like, you know, I mean, we've seen it, right? Like the trios matches, they don't need much of a storyline. Like if you move, I think the problem was that like the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega were such a level superstar. That it's kind of weird that like they're around, they have the belts. They're not talking much. It was kind of weird. Whereas, like, if you put the belts on House of Black, they ain't got to talk. They just show up, beat people's ass, and and move on, and drop it to the next trio's team, and they can. You, you don't have to do much with them. Um, uh, at least I don't think. I think you know. I just think that the fact that the love of star power on them made it weird that they weren't talking. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but yeah. They also, talking, should not be forgotten. Time. Shout out, to Julie. Go ahead. They weren't talking. They weren't getting time even. Yeah. Uh. But shout out to Julia Hart. Should be mentioned. They 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 set up the V trigger. Uh, one of them she ducked, earned some money. She, actually, she ate it on the apron and went out and went down and just died. It was awesome. Uh, these are these knees earned are her keep. E- 
Like these are canned knees. Anybody can get it. These are equal opportunity V triggers uh, for for men and women, and it's been like that for Kenny for, for years. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Uh, and like, just just to wrap up their 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 title reign, like, bro, if we look at their average star rating, I bet that shit would be like filthy. Like from it'd be over four and a half. Like, <laughs> like well, may, maybe maybe like the second. Um, the second match with Top Flight and AR Fox may have dropped it. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't watch that match. Yeah, but, like, just overall, like, a hell of a run with those belts. Yeah. I mean, I think it's appropriate that they don't have some huge, like, you know, six-month-long reign. Like, it's their trios titles. They don't need to be, like, I know people were complaining about, like, the TNT titles being moved around. much. like, it's a secondary title. Secondary titles get moved around. It happens. Like, people win them and win them back. Especially when, like, it really functioned as a TV title for a long time. Um, so yeah, like this can, this can be moved around. It doesn't need to be like, doesn't need to like stardom white and red belt title reigns where like everyone needs to have the belt for like 10 fucking months. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, moving on from there, a match that was doomed that I thought was doomed when I saw the match placement after yes. having to follow house of house of black and the elite, the AW women's three way match between Jamie Hayter, Soraya, and Ruby Soho, I bro, when when I saw that match next, I was like, oh my god, why would they do this to them? This is this is awful. This is this is. Th- I, are y'all trying? Are y'all trying to make a point here? Like, what was happening? But uh, the match was actually the match was actually not bad. The match was actually better than average. The match was actually good. I thought that um, it might just come down to the real thing, where it's like. Maybe Soraya, obviously, you know, with Tony Storm, like maybe she's just for now, you need to put her in tags or put her multi-person matches that kind of you know, hide her for now until she gets her legs underneath her or whatever else. But I thought this was actually a decent match. And I thought the twists and turns of like how are Britt and, uh, and Tony at ringside, like trying to, you know, get momentum for their friend on, on both ends. Like I thought that was also like a nice touch as well. Yeah, I was um, watching it and I was like, this doesn't suck. Like I, I was, I was, I was like, just like, man. And then like you would see Saraya in there and she's like isolating uh, someone in the corner. And then it's almost like I, I, it hit me. I was like, wow, I'm not even like really even thinking about her. Like, she's just like, it's not like this pressure that's on her to, to either be having a good match or anything like that. She kind of just got to come in and um, kind of like ring general it a little bit, just, you know, just be in the right place and, you know, just kind of work right with the people around you. And, um, I think Jamie held all this together still. And, um, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, what, what was the Saki Kashima? Uh, uh, <laughs> yes. So, uh, it's her and Ruby. I forgot. I think Ruby, uh, they were trading near falls and all of a sudden at the end of it, Jamie pulls out the fucking, uh, <laughs> Saki Kashima. See, I always want to say Yappa pie, like, like Yappa pie strap match. Like, like, like Hogan says, Man, I I don't know what's going on between like the uh the Milano collection AT like safety That's, belt slash this, this know, is this is O'Dell Tide. You know, this is Jamie clearly using the callback to her right. time in right. O'Dell Tide. That's what I'm getting at. Like AEW is like is now picking up on these like these are finishers. Like these flash finishes are actual finishers that can push your ass away and people will understand them and know them. Like so when the seat when the safety belt comes out when 
like this when this crucifix paint comes out, like people are like, you need to put away. And I think that's actually a good like way to educate fans on like, you know, it doesn't need to just be a big move to put someone away. Uh so yeah, um, really cool. And like <laughs> I after the match, post match, um you have which is interesting because obviously they were fighting the whole time. Uh and then uh she made a save for them. But uh Tony and Soraya start beating up on Jamie. Britt gets in, uh Ruby uh, helps get clear the ring of uh, the two outsiders or whatever you want to call them. And uh, crowd gets together and thinks like, oh, okay, so like Ruby's going to side with uh, the homegrown talent, if you will, which is okay, whatever. Uh, and as it looks like that's going to happen, she then betrays Jamie and Britt and then like uh, she hits a, she hits a, I think she hits a, the, what's her, the, the what's her kick, finish no called? Fu- no Future? No Future. The no future on on Jamie. Britt sees it, shocked face. She ends up getting dropped too. And then uh Soraya and Tony get in the ring. They hand uh Ruby the uh this the uh the can of spray and she sprays L's on both of them and all three of them walk off together. And uh then Tony you have Tony the- <laughs> So then they walk off a commentary is like, well, she, she was always, you know, an outsider. Even though she's been there for so long, and I was like, I can't believe they're going with this lazy story. But okay, whatever. I, I think it's gonna get uh, more interesting now because, like, more dynamics, more more people are um, getting uh, brought into it. I, I think when Jay gets into it, it's gonna get pretty inter- interesting because, like, she has to like start mixing eventually with like the rest of the people. Uh, Riho's getting a lot of yes, wins right white. now. You didn't know. You never noticed that until then. Now it was never explained. It was never like expressed that that Blake that like that just outright before, huh? She has to interact with whites now. Yes, She's stupid. She's going to side with the whites. That's never happened with Jay Cargill before. Um, you know, Riho is there getting a bunch of wins right now. Uh, she she comes out on the original side. Yes, AEW original Riho, who's been wrestling yeah. for over a decade. Yeah. Out of here, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh my gosh, I, I'm I'm more into it now after this turn than I was going into the match. Mission accomplished. That's funny. Up next, right, so, yes, up Texas next. death Texas. match. No, no, you gotta say it like how they say it. Texas death. <laughs> and just leave it at that. Yeah. I, I don't know why they say it like that. I Bro. don't know if they think they're doing something, but whatever, man. Yeah, yeah. It's a match. It's not a fight. It's not. It's not a brawl. It's 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 a Texas death match. That's stipulation. So it's fine, brother. But um, this nigga yeah, man, Hangman this... Page came out with his new entrance. I think yeah. it's a one-off only. I think, but he comes out to something called Ghost Riders in the Sky. And when I saw this motherfucker walking out, I was like, yes. <laughs> Bro, I was so fired up during this during this entrance and like like let's go. This is a motherfucking ace. And I was like, y'all had the nerve to let that that washed up bum beat this man. Like man. Uh yeah, this that that whole entrance was uh was incredible. Watch it again. 
Yeah, so um, I don't even know where to start or end. This match was just glory violence throughout. You had uh, you had barbed wire chairs. It was funny because I think one of them on commentary was like, I don't think I've ever seen a barbed wire chair before. I was like, I could have sworn I've seen Moxie in a, with a barbed wire chair before. Uh, lots of barbed wire. Um, barbed wire traps that were uh, that were on the floor that they end up uh, like lifting up on top of uh, chairs to hold them up. Uh, brawled around ringside, I believe, or if they in the, did they brawl in the stands? They brawled in the stands yes. at the start. Yeah, yes. yeah, because uh, before Jer- before Moss could actually get into the ring, uh, it was a lot. Of, it was a lot. Um, right. a lot of great stuff. Um, forks, bricks. Yes, the bricks in, in particular. <laughs> yeah, like I think that was the best near fall I've seen so far this year. Uh, I think it was what is the death rider on bricks? No, it was a curb stop on bricks. That's curb what it was. On the, the curb stop on bricks. I was like, oh, he's he's done. And kicked out. I was like, "Holy shit!" The barbed wire moon salt to the floor. <laughs> yes, it's fucking cool. <laughs> I'm going to rock. think. Think, of, man, think about like, that. I'm gonna hurt me to hurt you. No, like- not even that. <laughs> think about this. Obviously, it's fake. Whatever, it's sensational. So don't, you don't think about it too much, right? Otherwise, you know, you pull one thread, it goes too far. But think of the idea. I'm going to wrap my body around uh, with one wire of, of barbed wire, and then I'm going to then jump and flip and fall. Uh, I don't know, twelve feet to the ground, and think that. And, and the idea is, I'm going to hurt this person maybe this much more than me. What are the odds that actually being the case where you actually hurt that person more than you? <laughs> Doing a moon wrapped around with with barbed wrapped around yourself, like it's just ridiculous and funny and and, and like wow. Uh, yeah, man, but this match was awesome. He also had a, uh, you know, like the bricks out, and then like he stomps, and Moxie stomps uh, Hangman's hand, and one of his hands were between the bricks. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, you also had the spot where you get the uh, the power bomb on the on the two spines of the chair. It was a, uh, it was a lot. Um, I think this is the second best like crazy death match they've done singles match in AEW. Like I still think the Omega Moxie match is ahead, but I think this match was like the next best thing I can think of because you know it's kind of hard because they've done so many of these these, these you know bl- blood porn matches. I don't know, bro. I thought this was a perfect match. They thought about this stuff. I thought so much. The well, yeah, the, the Moxie machi- does that. Like, the machismo of this thing, the the just real man energy of this, like this was five stars. Um, I was like, no question about it. About like seventy five percent through the match, I was like, this is like incredible, and um, this is like, you know, you, you add up all their matches. This is just another. This is a feud of the year contender. Um, Hangman Page as another. John Moxley as another. Uh, and, and the you know, like we knew what this was. This was the the repair Hangman Page. Uh, you know, mission mission accomplished. Um, you could easily uh flip him up to the next uh you know the world title scene, but he finished this match by making a man who had not submitted in 10 years submit by hanging him uh, with a chain. This was just like so many iconic images, I think, will come from this match. I haven't watched it again yet, but, bro, I was I felt like I was watching, like, 
like Triple H versus Cactus Jack at like the 2000 Royal Rumble or something. And it was Oh, like, well, this is better than that. This is this was better, but it was just like uh the the level of like going at each other. That's like what I was like kind of thinking of. And yeah, it, it being such a big match for uh like Triple H and then I th- felt like this was such a big match for for Hangman Page. Well, I remember the Danielson matches uh, you know, End of 2021, beginning of uh, 22. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he bladed in both of those. And I remember at the end, you, you, I remember you saying like on the show, like, you know what? I think Hangman just, is just is a blood guy. We just never knew it. And um, this this kind of goes to show that, yeah, he is, this, this is what he wants to do. Um, I think they did a really good job of going past the standard, like, you see spots with this kind of stuff, you know, barbed wire exploding de- match they had uh you know lights out match with with omega uh stand on particular is like as as his example of like you know what a regular hardcore death match is in pro wrestling we're going to give you one or two or three visuals that are going to creep you out to an extent or make you think about things to an extent that makes you think this is that makes that takes it beyond what a, a really great normal death match is to begin with and uh, I was I was impressed. Like, you know, this goes back to um, you know Moxie with that chain. But like in that lights out match with Omega, like in the bleed up, Omega said, "What are you gonna do?" Like, of course we want a lights out match. What do you think? You think you, you think you're gonna you're gonna chain wrestle me? And then what do you know? He grabs the chain and fucking locks him up with a chain, right? Like that was that's 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 thinking. Like, well, in this particular case, you got Moxley hog tying a cowboy. Like yeah, that's yeah, fucking that, hilarious. That too. That's fucking hilarious. Like. Moxie really thinks these things through with his opponents and like what he wants to get to with this stuff. And um, like when he's in there with like a big opponent, like he's definitely going to give them like the opportunity in the space to like let them have their best, you know, ghoul match. And he's with it because, you know, all he, it don't take nothing to ask him to bleed. But uh, yeah, like the um, another example I want to say is like the, uh, you know, this, the Abdullah spot with the, with the like, you know, stabbing with the knife, like or not the knife, but the uh, fork. the fork, like that was gross. That's one of those things that make you feel uncomfortable. Similar to like, you know, the glass uh, with Omega and the lights out match. Like th- these things make you feel like instead of you're just watching and be like, you know, holy shit or whatever else. You're like, it makes you kind of wince and say like, oh, this is beyond the pale. Like Moxie's good at that. Moxie's really good at that. And I thought they did a great job of getting you uncomfortable at times with, the, with what was going on in the ring. And that was the point. So, yeah, it was a great match. You know, I'm really bad at grading these type of things or whatever else. They're not my, they're not my cup of tea. I don't really... I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to rank. I'm not going to go back and watch these and rank these. But they, yeah, it was way up there. Is one of the better, you know, sickle matches I've ever seen. Yeah, I. I don't. I don't get those. Those. Those uh, feelings of like being like um, grossed out or anything during these matches. Like I'm. I'm a kind of a kind of a ghoul. I'd say I just don't care. But um, <laughs> but this was just like this felt like just so big. Um, and it was and earned and like for months uh, of these guys getting to it and, um, the, that hanging at the end, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> so sir, Sam is talking about the hanging too. And in, in the, uh, in the comments and I'm like, <sighs> if he was actually hung, like Moxie's feet are on Moxie's feet are clearly on the ground the whole time. <laughs> But sure, but, but he's getting it, it, choked. So like you know, no, no, no. But yeah, I I get that part. But it's like 
Mossy got to do a little, just this, get this much off the ground to make me actually think you actually getting hung before tapping out. Instead of just being like, oh, chain's right around my neck and my feet are on the ground. I'm just, oh, it's, it's time for me to give it up. But obviously the visual makes sense. Like he's getting choked. It's either, it's either t- tap out because you lost or you're, or you're dead. Like, so yeah, that was appropriate finish. What a match. Bravo. We'll be on my match of the year list. <laughs> um, up next, TNT title, Warlow and Samoa Joe. These brothers did not have a chance. Um, you know, it's... Uh, at what point hard- did you realize... At oh. what point did you realize that Samoa Joe got blown up? Um, I didn't realize he was blown up. I thought you were going to ask, at what point did you know they didn't have a chance? I was going to say immediately. Like, <laughs> they, they, He was blown up, and... It was. It, it reminded me of like that Karen Cross match Ooh. where he won the title. It reminded me of that where he's like he's going. Maybe he just maybe at this point he's only meant to wrestle. He's only wrestled meant to do like you know the brawl and make face thing and wrestle small dudes. He can just dominate like, but wrestling people his size, he just can't. He don't have a gas tank for it. But he was clearly blown up. Yeah, this wasn't like bad or anything, but this was just like it was there. It was standard. It was there. This would Vince McMahon would have loved this match. Um this would have been like you know if they put like I don't know fucking like if they put like uh what what was that match WrestleMania twenty four like this is like Batista and Umaga or something like that <laughs> um that's that's kind of what this was but uh the result Wardlow gets a belt back Wardlow a little bit icier than um than normal I gotta a say. I gotta say, man, um, I think he cutting his hair, he kind of lost his superpowers a little bit. Um, and, you know, Hobbs is waiting for him and this whole thing. Actually, can we talk about this? This has about? been masterfully booked to get back to this initial point of Hobbs versus Wardlow where it started. A year ago? It, well, it wasn't even a year ago. I think it was like uh, before, like all out, like before Joe got added in to make it a three way, it was. I could have. Well, well, hold on. I could have sworn at Revolution when we were there. There was a. There was like a, a ladder match that you, involved Keith Lee, Warlow. You're and, actually right. Uh, Pop. It, it goes back further than I thought it did. But yeah. I, just just them officially being linked, like you okay. know, they they were squaring off, like they were going to get a singles match at the end of last summer, and then um, you know, Joe gets added. Joe wins it. Darby gets put in, gets weaved into it. They trade the joint back and forth. Wardlow leaves. They do this whole thing with, uh, you know, the the haircut, and he le- leaves for a while. Comes back after Joe gets it back. They do it here, and then Hobbs is waiting for him on the other side. Like, I think that's like that's that's like the cool stuff they used to do with the Intercontinental Title in the nineties. <laughs> like when it's just you know this next person's kind of waiting that you had some type of issue with and they're all just like you know i'm coming back for you i'm coming back for you i'm coming looping back around um so they gotta match this wednesday i don't know which way it's gonna go because they're still in the bay area Hobbs is gonna be really over over there they're in sacramento yeah they're in sacramento uh for dynamite but i imagine (laughs) they have no problem uh you know showing up for him uh there so i don't know what you do here um i think you go either way uh, when Wardlow originally won that, he did lose his challenge. So I don't know which way you go with it, James. What do you think? I'll say what I think. I they got to get rid of the of the uh, of the Sonic ring being the brass ring thing for winning it because like it was ridiculous seeing 
Wardlow on the second rope, holding up the belt, gesturing towards the, the box suite that uh, Hobbs was in, and Hobbs answers back by like lifting up that big ass fucking Sonic the Hedgehog ring, and it it just, it just looks so fucking ridiculous. Like, look, I understand pro wrestling ridiculous, fake fighting, I, I get it, but it, it, I don't know if it was just because it was Hobbs holding up the ring, but it was like it, he, you look fucking ridiculous. <laughs> What is did, like, I don't know. No, but they got to the come picture, up with something else. Did you see the picture of him holding the the ring in the aisle way after he first won it? No, that shit's fucking hilarious. I'm gonna I am it to you. Um, but yeah, he um, hold on, let me find this shit. Look like he's like just holding a big life raft or a big donut. Um. <laughs> <laughs> He's smiling like it is pretty funny. <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can um show this to you guys here. Oh my god! So <sighs> it, it's a little bit cut off uh, on the screen here, but you guys can see how happy Hobbs is to uh, have had that. Uh, it looks ridiculous, man. Like no, no, no knock against it or whatever else, but like. The reason why you had these props is for the visual of taking the pictures with it, and like, yes, it, it's goofy enough that that like you know the the trophy or the or the, symbol, the thing that symbolizes you having a title is this 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 belt this gaudy belt anyway. But like, I could get past that because I I grew up on that. I guess maybe if I was twenty years younger or whatever else, and I was ten years old, I'd be perfectly fine with. Uh, with the big sign, the hedgehog ring, but like I'm still having trouble, with motherfuckers coming out here with these briefcases for winning the G1 or for, for pulling or for winning money in the bank still. And yeah, man, it just just the brass ring thing is just too it's just too too comical, too like slapstick comedy for me. It just is, especially for his character. Like if it was like Orange Cassidy, sure, whatever. Orange Cassidy, he's not serious to be taken serious of. What what is unserious about Powerhouse Hobbs? That man will beat your ass. <laughs> Um, I I think go ahead and and give the belt to Hobbs. Um, Warlow already has a win over MJF hanging, so like you can like try to recapture him being around MJF again or something like that in the in the coming months. Maybe go with that. But um, Hobbs has been set to kind of get a big push for quite a while. Um, you know, let's see where he's at. You know, why not? I'm sorry for going back to the ring again, but look, Brewhaven in the comments said that Hobbs should choke someone with the ring, and now all I'm imagining is like baby boy with, with Ving Reigns behind Tyrese choking the shot himself with a ring instead of his big ass for, big ass bicep, just just choking with a ring. Warlow, uh, King of the North says uh, thoughts on Warlow getting a valet along his next chapter. Maybe Rebel as his manager slash valet. Uh, if Warlow turns, sure, give him a valet. Uh, if he doesn't, no. He's he's gonna have to get it like a Red Cross. I mean, it could. Uh, who could be a good manager for a baby face they could have to basically be like the uh, basically be a person in peril that can make him like you know, it could be like an Achilles heel for him to why he loses. It's like oh, you know, like a Jose Lothario type is what I'm kind of mean, right? Mm. <clears throat> Is there somebody you can find out you can find for him? Because I, I think it could work that way, where it's like he loses because like you know Baby somebody goes outside and takes advantage of him or whatever, sort of manager, uh, evil manager takes advantage of the good manager, that sort of thing. B- Babyface managers kind of stink historically. I think Cody ran into trouble with that um, with Arn, uh, but that's different because he's using him every fucking match. Yeah, it's 
I, I feel like the Warlow guy get it on his own. All right. Um, so what we have after that? Oh, yeah. So after that, you end up getting the tag the team tag team match. match. You have to take it from there because I, I, I was behind watching the show. So, like, I skipped this match to get to the main event. So, yep. Rich, this is your uh, this is your turn to go run it solo. When I saw this match on the uh, schedule, I thought this was shambolic. Uh, I was like, what is going on here? Um, how it played out um, during the show, it actually felt like it fit just fine because, like, I think people were still in the afterglow of the Moxley um, and Paige match, and this one just was 100% pure fun. They knew exactly what they were. They weren't coming out here trying to just uh, be dead serious. This was a lot of gimmicks interacting with each other, and this was this was pretty fun. Like lots of comedy. Jeff Jarrett's a fucking gimmick. Um, just an old man gimmick wrestler. Now Satnam Singh came out. James Satnam and um, Sanjay came out with the turbans on, um, with the suits. Them boys were fresh out there. Um, that looked great. What all right? What kind of shoes they have on? I didn't catch the shoes, but I'm sure they they were fresh. Uh, if anybody can run down photos of those, if you can link them in the comments, I would appreciate it. Uh, but Orange Cassidy and Danhausen both came out in black denim. That was just hilarious um, because it was like, yeah, it's Danhausen's color, but he's wearing jeans, like so uh, jeans wrestler uh, Danhausen. So. Uh, uh, Max Caster, not one of his best verses. Uh, it sounds like he was uh off beat. It's like he couldn't hear the beat, and then the lines. Um, uh, basically, I didn't think they hit at all. So, like, back to the drawing board on that one. So, um, but yeah, this was uh, this was awesome though. Guns, you know, just just uh, turned on Double J in the middle of the match. They were, uh, you know, how they do the strut stuff, uh, and. You know, it's like scissors, like Jeff Jarrett was scissoring. Like it was, it was pretty funny. So, uh, this was, this was a blast. Uh, guns retained, uh, and this really set up the, the, uh, after the match. They basically said, we whooped everybody ass and they run down all the teams they beat. They talk about how they beat FTR. Uh, FTR's, uh, music hits, crowd pops pretty big. Uh, Dax and Cash come out looking mightily, uh, like they've been in the gym. Um, so, uh, well, at least I know cash has been in the gym. Dax has been on the podcast and been on the podcast and been on Twitter and been making best tag team brackets of all time and everything else. So, um, uh, <laughs> we have, we have, uh, the comment session going crazy right now. Um, uh, you know, chiming in on the FTR, but, uh, they came in, uh, got a good response, uh, laid a smackdown, um, on, um, the guns. Dak somehow got busted open above his eye. Uh, so he was bleeding, but, uh, they're back. And <laughs> yes, um, that bracket they put out also. Yeah. It fucking sucked. Like you put the you you leave yourselves out the bracket, right? But you put the Young Bucks as a five seed, and then it was like they were allergic to Japanese tag teams. Like it, it was it was weird. Bro. You're surprised that they're you're, you're surprised by that, bro. If they if the Young Bucks, you really are, thought they were gonna have Holy Demon Army on their on their thing? You, you know, really thought that? I don't even know if they if they did it that or not. They might have had them, right? You thought they were gonna have LCO on there? You thought they were gonna have like Manami Toyota and Toshi Yamada? Bro, no, they. 
they had the Hardy Boys at a one seed. I'm like, if you're going to tell me the Young Bucks are a five seed, you have to tell me why the uh, Hardy Boys are a one seed. Because they did it in the Fed, brother. You know, that's the reason why. But also, the New Day was a five seed. Oh, so you want to know why they were a five seed and so low? Yeah, bro. It's, it's do you want to, do you want to talk about it right now, or do you want to talk about it when we're off the shelf? Good God, um, yeah, the Dudleys are too, bro. Like, there's there's a lot, bro. Like, and I was looking at that bracket, and I looked at it. I didn't digest it and break it down, but I just I was like, where did they put the bucks? And then I laugh. I think the Usos also were a five seed, if I'm not mistaken. Um, well, well, Rich, this this is this is this is interesting. You know, um, but yeah, because at least with the new day, you'd be like, "Well, which team?" Because there's three different fucking teams. Yeah, um, with the Usos, it's just them two. See, these are the things you know, and then working bad storylines uh, where, 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 that you hate where the company. What's up? Where was Harlem Heat? Can somebody tell us where Harlem Heat was in the comments? I believe Demolition was also a uh, either a one or two seed, if I'm not mistaken. Demolition? Yeah, yeah. Where were uh, the Road Warriors in? I think the Road Warriors were one seed, I think. Okay, hold on. So Demolition were one seed. Road Warriors were one seed. And the Hardys were one seed. Where were Edge and Christian? I think they were also a one seed. I think. Those are not the three best tag teams in America. Like Bro. in American pro wrestling history. Like, I'm sorry. No Briscoes. Look, there are two sets of Briscoes you could pick. Bro, hold on. I, yeah, March Madness, greatest tag team of all time tournament. Yeah, this is so bad. We spend too much time on FTR. We really do. Yeah, yeah, it's so bad. Um, good God. Um, yeah, but they're back. Um, I was happy to see Cash Wheeler. Why not? Was Cash don't don't do nothing to nobody. Uh, but you know, here comes Dax, and you know these boys. Oh, they were a seven seed. Got you. Um, Henry was seven seed. Yeah, the ten time WCW Tag Team Champions. You know, but either way, um, they are. Uh, Where was Luger and Sting? Where are uh, the Outsiders? I, I don't know, man. But these guys, I have to look this up. They 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 have allegedly resigned with AW. Rich, I hate you, man. I, I look. I didn't give a fuck about this list tonight. You told me see? To see. he's not mentioned to see where he put these now because I'm, I'm and I'm going to see. I'm going to in my mind be like, where does this all? Where 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 some of these biases are now? Oh, we, it, we'll be able to figure it out post show. We'll we'll do it. But um, <sighs> yeah, man. They uh they resigned their contract after all that fake work shoot bullshit. And uh, playing on Twitter and doing all the things um, Dax Harwood likes to do. So um, if you can somehow not pay attention to him making a fool of their team online, you may enjoy their work inside the professional wrestling ring. Golden Lovers of 14 seed. These people need their houses bombed. Um, (laughs) All right, let's move forward. Uh, enough of the enough of the FTR. Um, main event AEW World Championship match: 
MJF versus Brian Danielson for the world title in an Iron Man match. Sensational match. Man, I it was no secret that I was not looking forward to this match. I had my fair share of issues with the storyline going into this. I thought all the regal stuff was actively detrimental to this thing. And a lot of the stuff with Danielson wrestling peaked weeks ago. Um, and this was a, you know, this was a MJF that was a Jekyll and Hyde, um, you know, type, you know, performance. Like one week he's, he's great. The next week he's just cutting completely unhinged promos just that have nothing to do with anything. And then the whole time it's just like, do I really want to watch these guys wrestle for an hour? And then like the bullshit happened right at the very end. And then the match came and it started off pretty slow. And I was like, yo, I sent James a message like, yo, I'm bored. <laughs> and this is like, after I got, uh, the, the, the super death match, I got the fun, like with, with the fatal four way and all that got to return with FTR. Um, and then, you know, it started off slow, but I, I liked, uh, MJ's gear and, you know, his presentation coming out, came back out with the devil mask. And then they, they just started like, they just uh the matches kept getting more locked into what they were trying to do and by the time they were rolling around in those near falls around like the 25 minute mark they they thought they would start like hitting Azumi. um it was well, like, they better, like do it twice as fast then <laughs> but um yeah after that i thought the match was like it was really great and it was uh the crowd was going insane down the stretch it, it peaked perfectly so maybe that that slow start you know it helped just for me, you know, I'm looking for that, that 60 minutes, like, you know, go, go, go. But, uh, from there and then the use of the overtime period and I wasn't even like too, um, thrown off by the, the cheating at the end because they did some really great near falls. I bought that, that one in overtime with the, with the Busaiku knee, um, some of the they did you know goofiness to get some of the pins, but, uh, we've seen Iron Man matches and, you know, where, where people couldn't stop paying attention to the clock and shit. This crowd was engaged in this match from the start to the finish. So that's a Ziggler and Seth Rollins. That Ziggler and Seth Rollins. Awful. They couldn't even handle 30 minutes, um, let alone 60. Um, and then also they, um, they laid out the falls all weird too. Um, so this was Danielson like kind of chasing behind at the end. Um, this was like, uh, this was like light years ahead of like most Iron Man matches. Uh, as far as Iron Man matches is this, and then Kenny Omega and Pack, and those are I would say two different styles of matches. One of them thirty minutes, the other one sixty. So I think that this was like you know MJF doesn't wrestle often. I think we all know he's awesome, but like it takes so long to get to his shit and he can check you out of what he's trying to do uh, a lot of times. And, you know, we've covered that and I guess we should talk about him throwing the drink on the little kid and all that too. And that was just like, I think it was unneeded. It was the lowest of his shtick and it was just uh, an embarrassment, quite frankly. And it was like, what are you doing? And not only like, does the company have to cover for you doing that your fellow wrestlers have to cover for you doing that like 
Powerhouse House has to go out of his way to try to make this kid feel better now. Um, they got to send Brody Lee's wife out there. Will Washington has to go over to the kid uh, and, and give him an acclaimed foam finger. Uh, and then, you know, just the visual of throwing it on black a black child. Like, no, bro. Like, <laughs> like this is not um, good heel work. This is not the 1970s. This is not... Um, you know, any type of like, I don't know what the fuck he thinks this is because had he thrown that on somebody that like, I think he picked his spot. I don't think he thought the woman would do anything to him, but I'm telling you that could have not ended for him very well, depending on who he would have thrown that at. I'm not trying to purport myself as some type of tough guy or anything, but I have a little sister uh, that I, I brought to wrestling shows like when she was probably a little bit older than that. Like, had that happened to her, I would have like shoved him or something. I would have got ejected essentially, and I don't think that's unreasonable to to say, especially if you're throwing like a drink at and it hits the child like in the eyes. Uh, I thought that that visual, I thought that was very embarrassing for MJF to like do that. Um, and I think it was even more embarrassing for people to try to defend it, like to think like this is good or whatever. Like this is like what he needs to do because like he didn't need that. You take that out of match. Is that match any less great? No, people are still going on now about how great everything in this match was, but that was just a very low moment. And I think that, he needs to go out of his way to make that right. Okay, so that's a lot of stuff. Uh, so uh, first things first, the match for me, um, up until like the there's first twenty minutes, I was like, oh my god, wh- why did they make this an hour? What the fuck are they thinking? Um, in the last twenty minutes of regulation and overtime, I thought were incredible. Um, so in general, I think it's worth it. It's a great match. Am I ever going to go back and watch it? Maybe, uh, but that's a that's a really long run time for to get to get through them opening twenty twenty five minutes. But yeah, um, as far as MJF's uh, MJF and that stunt, when I saw it, I initially thought, oh well, that's clearly a plant. And then you find out it was a plant, and, and similar thoughts to you was like, what the fuck were you thinking? Did you do this because you saw this was a woman that wasn't going to, that was like apparently with him and you knew she wasn't going to do anything to you because you're a jacked up man in the middle of a match? Like, what, what are you, what are you doing? Um, and yeah, like it was unacceptable. That was clearly a line that he should not have crossed. And like the line is like, you can't get physical with anyone. Like, you just can't. Like the only way it's fair game is if they put their hands on you first. They click. They clearly did not. Um, I don't, I don't know what the fuck he was thinking. Like you said, um, I don't I don't know any of the fallout from it. I haven't seen any of it. I just heard that like it, apparently it was tequila. It wasn't even like water. It was yeah. tequila that got in the kid's eyes. Um, yeah, just just a terrible fucking decision. Shouldn't have done this shit. And um, as far as the, will he make amends? He probably won't because he'll play it into his character because that's shit he does. Same thing that happened with um when he did that walk out of that uh that thing at all in or all out last year. So or sorry, double nothing last year. Like yeah, he doesn't care. They, the kid got free tickets and they they brought him backstage and stuff like that, but 
it don't feel like it's enough for me personally. I I don't know what's appropriate or whatever else. I just yeah. know that he shouldn't have done the shit. Yeah. Like um, but yeah, the match is great. Like, what is the um, upside of that? Like, what like what do you gain out of that? Like more heat, yeah. even though it's like, bro, in the finish, you're about to make Daniel Bryan tap out to his own fucking move. Like, I think that I think you have enough heat in the night. Yeah, we gotta yes. talk about that, man. He MJF talked about this man kids during the build, tapped him out to his own move. Danielson gotta go home. Why are you gonna go home? He he need to not show his face around these parts for a couple weeks. I think he's fine. You guys, got to keep in mind, like he doesn't want to fucking win. He wants to put everybody else over. No, he's want to do that I, for years. I, I, I ain't talking about getting put over. I'm talking oh, about kayfabe. He's yeah, I'm, kayfabe. I'm talking about he got to go away. That man has been thoroughly embarrassed. The, the matter of fact, the Blackpool Combat Club, as a staff record label and the crew, was tapping out last night like hoes, hoes. The Blackpool Tap Out Club. Um, Seamus Nova is saying so. Uh, you know, clear him out. Yeah. <laughs> It's probably not a good idea seeing their, their two, two of your, what, five biggest baby faces? He both have them tap out. All right. Does MJF have a, uh, he doesn't have a, uh, like a finisher, like a, for for being someone with a pin, does he? He's used the heat seeker, I think, before, like that. Um, I know what you're talking about. Power driver yeah, through the ropes. Yeah, power driver through the ropes thing. His one would be, you know, the, the tombstone off the second rope, but he always, yeah, you know, yeah. sells the, he always, like, does it in a match where he sells the leg, so he does a spot and then the like the diamond ring. It's funny. The, I mean, yeah, that is his finished diamond ring. Yeah, that is true. James Brown Wyo says, Was this uh getting more hoed than getting stack pinned by Roman? No, because at least he got hit with a fucking oxygen tank before that. I don't remember, doesn't matter. But, um, yeah. Incredible match, though. Well, we've seen we've seen Daniel we've seen Daniel, Brian Daniel and Brian Danielson take some awful losses. Like it, who who could really tell? There's too many. There's too many to even know, <laughs> right? There's too many to even think about. Um, hell, then uh, how did my, how did Miz beat him back in 2018? I think he punched him with like brass knuckles. I think whatever Maurice gave him out of the uh, out of the purse. purse. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it was. If it was a, it was brick. a brick, wasn't it? It might have been a brick. Yeah, yeah. She, no, no. It was there was there was a brick in the purse, but we never saw the brick in the purse. So after she hit him with the purse, or the purse hit him, yeah. And then after that, like I was like, I bet there's a brick in that purse. Remember, he's opening that shit up. Got bricks on me, bricks on me. My little say, I got bricks on me. Anyway, uh, yeah. So it was um. It was a great match. It was a great match. Uh, where do you rank that as far as Daniels' best matches in AEW? Uh, up there. Up there. Um, like, it's funny because, like, he, you know, like, the, the whole weird things, like, he had never had some five-star match from Meltzer, apparently, in uh, in his career until, like, he got to AEW. And about then, to get like, another I, one. <laughs> I think he got, I think he got, uh... I think the stadium stamp, not stadium stamp, the Grand Slam match with Omega was, he, uh, Meltzer gave that four and three quarters. No, he gave that five. He gave that five? Okay. So then uh, I think he, the, the Hangman match, I think he both gave those four and three quarters. The first one he gave five, the second one he gave four and three quarters. Okay. So then you all, so, so check this out. Then Anarchy you get this, in the uh, arena. Anarchy in the arena. I think that got five stars, right? Yep. And then this is, pro- he's probably going to throw five at this too. At least. Yeah. Funny, really funny. 
Um, yeah. Five-star Jake Hager, indeed. Um. <laughs> wow. That's like five-star Lars. Um, but That's yeah. a funny one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, great show, top to bottom. Great show, top to bottom. I think Dave will go five and a half on the Iron Man match. Hmm. Uh, Black Saber Jr. thinks he goes five and a quarter, but you got to remember, like, Melster never gave anything five and a quarter to 2019. Everything was nothing. He was giving nothing, anything above five, except for uh, that one Masawa match. And then all of a sudden, like, 2017, Brumps around. He's like, oh, we finished. just are throwing things above five. And it's like, okay, well, how are these things? There's a million things that are fives. There's a million things that are five and a half. There's no five and a quarter. It's almost as if you're just like, you just made the ship on the fly. You just start going above five now. And then like he, the, uh, the, the, um, the New York takeover match between Gargano and Cole, he gave that five and a quarter finally. And I was like, oh, okay. Now, now there's a match that you appropriately deem like is five and a quarter. Okay. Sure. Sure. You've been, you've just been throwing these shit out from, from just out of your ass and throwing a stamp on them. Get out of here, Meltzer. <laughs> They have, but uh yeah, yeah um great show man like yeah. um five star daddy magic yeah five star daddy magic indeed he was awesome in that match bleeding oh good my god goodness. he bled yeah so he also he also bled in the um in the cage in the cage too in uh in blood and guts yeah why do all these motherfuckers want to bleed bro <laughs> bro i'm sh- like, like, wait. like bro, wait all right, think about it like this. Do you want to take a bump or do you want to bleed? Well, normally I do both. No, I'm saying like like the like back in the day, I, I was reading somebody talk about this. It's like the reason like why guys like Dusty and Abdul the Busher they bladed so much because they didn't want to take like bumps and shit. Like and then that and it was like the quick way. It was like the sugar rush to get like a bunch of emotion in your matches and shit like that. Like if it's like beep or like you know, I I it's the visual. That's what they want. No, I no, I get that. I get that. Uh I guess what I'm saying is like if that's can you have more to con- no, I'm not saying that he, he doesn't. Uh, cause he, you know, like he's he's done some like he's done good stuff in both Trevor of those Dame. matches, but it's Trevor, like Trevor Dame. I just think it's kind of weird when you have certain people where it seems like that's all they want to do, and it's not many people. It's only a few. It's only a few. It's like, bro, this is what you got in here for is like not to like you know put your idea on storytelling is like is to just bleed. It's like, are you are you like a masochist? Like, what's going on? Well, think but, about uh, think about what these people grew up watching and like. All this during the attitude era, motherfuckers were bleeding all the time. Like they were seeing uh, Austin three sixteen thrown in their face, the, the bleeding at WrestleMania thirteen. Like these are all these images that people have digested yeah. in like, a, like up to like the JBL Eddie Guerrero stuff. Like Cena's like super blood baths. Like it's, I, I think they see, it, they think it's like a rite of passage or something. Uh, uh, probably. I, I just, uh, I just <clears throat> see it as like. That's something I, me personally, right? Like if I were a pro wrestler, which is ridiculous uh, the, the, the thought, but like if I were a pro wrestler, I would save that for like my biggest matches. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just be out here breaking that shit out like every other week, or not, or not necessarily every biggest thing. I'm talking about Moxley. I'm not necessarily talking about Moxley, but it's like 
I guess maybe, you know, for someone like Daddy Magic, that it, those are his biggest matches. So, yeah, I guess that in, in that sense, like, it does make sense for him to do it if he's ever going to do it. Because, like, where is he going to have a match that, like, it's going to call for that sort of thing or need yeah. to be or could be a call for that. So that makes sense. But it's just funny. It's like, damn, bro, two in a row? <laughs> <laughs> he's like the boxer that always breaks his nose in a fight. Like, damn. Or his hands in a fight. Um, yeah, that was AEW Revolution. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I guess James, I got to hit the music. Okay, so I did not have time to watch the undercard, but I will get to it eventually. But the main card started with a trios match. Uh, Don Del Mondo, Micah, Me- uh, Micah, Tekla, and uh, Mai Sakurai versus Cosmic Angel slash Club Venus. So it's like Waka, Mina, and uh, Mariah May. Um, so they started off with Mariah May and, uh, and Tekla. Obviously, they're doing you know Gaijin versus Gaijin. Uh, at the beginning of Triangle Derby, they had interaction with each other, and um, they're actually good together. Like, I wouldn't mind, you know, I don't know what the lineup is for um, Cinderella exactly yet, but, like, I wouldn't mind if that was, like, a first-round matchup. Um, so, um, then you end up, in the closing stretch, you end up getting um, my in there with, with Waka. Waka is... Waka. The crowd loves Waka. The crowd loves her. Like, she's one of the most over people. Now winner. that they have cheering... Now they have cheering. She's the most one of the most over people uh, with live crowds. Um, they really, really badly want her to get the W. That don't finally. shock me. Oh, have we talked about um, the, the the Waka uh, and how they're this is this is now a tag match? No, because it wasn't announced until last weekend. Okay. Um, how do you feel about this? Because I would have preferred to see Waka win by herself. If she was going to win. I think that they did that to make the match better. And ultimately at the end, Waka is going to pin whoever Nanai's uh, surprise partner is. Ah, this is Nanaiism. Nanai wasn't. It makes no sense for Nanai to lose to Waka anyway. She's a tag champion. Am I wrong here? I thought the whole thing was set up with Waka and Nanai. And now it ain't. So I'll put you like that this, seems right? Weaker. The idea. Oh, here's my question, right? If you do Nanai versus Waka, and Waka beats Nanai and pins her, right? Is anybody going to take any satisfaction or going to feel like it's Hogan versus uh versus Pillman? Um, I like, think some- I think people will just go. If she's as over as like you know, she. But seems. I don't know if the over. Uh, but it's a different type of over. I think it's a crowd over. I don't know if it's like all of a sudden like yeah, she needs to be the white belt champion. I don't. Nah, I don't think it's that kind nah, of thing. Like, but it's like all right, could you beat like this legend or something? It's like a one off. I think it, like, it's a, it's a bigger win than anybody would imagine that that it would be. And it's just like it's like such an outsized victory. It's kind of like it's her career highlight essentially. Like she'll never get something that good again. And if it's a case where she's going to win this, I think oh, they're blowing, uh, like they're getting a, a maybe lesser, they can, maybe they lose. Who knows? They might lose. Yeah, because yeah. 
Because like, there's also because what's been going on with the Cosmic Angels like Club Venus thing is that like Mina will will Mina don't fuck with Unagi. Unagi is coming and going out the out of the promotion and shows up maybe every month, every other month for special occasions when they need another person and she has a, a free date, she'll show back up to start them. Mm-hmm. But like pretty much everybody else that she, um, everybody else in cosmic angel, she kind of still has a decent relationship with like she, and she even like, um, like she, for example, in the semifinal of this show, which was, you know, cosmic angels was, you know, Tam poi in, um, in all cap Saki. Mina's out there. She's, she's, she's cornering them. Like there was, you know, the weird thing of her having her own faction, or not weird, but like her having her own faction and calling it Club Venus. Thought you thought it was going to be like a separation, but it doesn't seem like the separation is there or yet. There yet, like the only separation I can see is Waka loses the match. Tam told her she had a month to get her shit together because uh, there's nothing else I can teach you. I've taught you everything I can teach you. Then maybe I just, maybe you need to go somewhere else somewhere to teach you, and then like. Club Venus shoots off on his own with Waka. That's the only thing I can think of. Waka and Club Venus. I don't like that. Well, what do you think? What do you think Club Venus is going for? That's that's really. I think that's you're thinking is like an aesthetic thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I mean, look, I don't know what you think. Look, I'm not going to get into what you think about the the wrestlers, or whatever else. But like. I think of Zaya. I think of Zaya Brookside and them big ass eyes, and I think of like a, a a damn Disney character. So I don't really necessarily think of the same things you do when it comes to maybe when you think of like Mariah and Mina. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like they're going for a specific thing with with Club Venus, and I don't know if Waka aligns with the vision there. But you know, I'm, I'm but, sure. But I'm sure Waka this, got. Could, but Rich, you could have said the same thing when you saw the original three of Cosmic Angels, right? And then you get Waka but, added to it, and you're like, or as the fifth, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> I, I think once I you don't, pass... Like, I don't know what sells over there. I don't yeah. know. Uh, King of North says, Club Venus is a Rossi fantasy. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, j- just to bump her over Club Venus, it, it feels like a waste. Like, uh, I, like, whatever happens, they need to win this match like I, and i know they're i think they've gone too far obviously they can't just say it's a singles match again but i i think it, i it would have been more effective as a single i um i think you're right only if they win mm-hmm. if they win i think you're right but if they lose then it's like it didn't matter one way or the other right uh, but the thing is i think they're gonna i think she was gonna lose anyway um so, uh, so yeah, uh, moving on. Uh, oh yeah, sorry. The continue on with that match. Um, going close stretch with with uh, my Sakurai and Waka, and Waka's she's much improved. Like she clearly has like stepped up her game over uh, since the beginning of this year. Um, and at the end, my my has her beat and goes up to the top rope. And you know what her new finish is though? Is the is a Harlem Hangover, right? That's funny. She's been doing it right. Man, she did this Harlem Hangover, and I see her jump, and she she's immediately like off access or off uh, access, and I was like, "Where is she gonna land? Is she even gonna like hit Waka? Oh yeah, she hit her. She came down and she dropped her that number hamstring hit hit right on Waka's forehead. Boy, I was like, "Oh my mm-hmm. god, look, 
but I haven't heard anything about Waka missing any time. Apparently, there was no concussion. But I, if this were AEW or WWE, I think people would have been like, "Hey, someone needs to go out. Uh, you know, someone needs to go talk to Waka backstage." But yeah, she 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 got fucking walloped. You know, that was the pinfall. Um, so uh, next match after that. You end up getting a uh, a singles match. You end up getting uh, Stars versus uh, Oedo Tai, Mayu, Kaguma, Saida, Hanan, and Momokogo versus Momo Watanabe, Naskatora, Sakashima, Death, and Ruaka. Uh, this was a FUD match. At the end, you end up with Death in there with, I believe it was Momokogo, and Death ends up getting, you know, rolling up with old Connor Roll and getting the dub. Uh, it's a good fun match while it lasted. I do like uh, Mayu's had new gear of late. I like her. I, I'm glad she got rid of that that fucking overall stuff. I just never liked it. I always fucking hated it. It's like I, it, it 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 wasn't a good look. It wasn't a good look. I I, I didn't get it either. Whatever. Um, but yeah. So, uh, Dev got the W, and uh, you know, Rich can rejoice. Dev. So, so uh, next match after that, you end up getting uh, the first semifinal of the Triangle Derby. So you get the Cosmic Colors Tam of T- uh, Cosmic T- Colors team of Tam Nasapoi in uh, all in all caps uh, Saki versus um, God's Eye Shuri Mariah, and Ami. So they had this match uh, earlier in the tournament, and Cosmic Angels won with Tam dropping um, Ami with a with a violent uh, violet screwdriver. So they start to match off with that that matchup, um, and then you end up with like Cosmic Angels getting the advantage quickly. They start using the triple team work on after they clear off the apron on Ami. So Ami has to work on Neef. Then they get in Mariah, uh, and uh, Mariah Nasapoi, um, really good stuff. Then you end up at a closing stretch with uh, Nasapoi and Shuri, and Nasapoi pulls out like a tilt a whirl into an arm bar that like. Shuri sold as if like she couldn't make the ropes, like she was fucked unless uh the rest of them saved her. Uh they made the save. Uh and uh I believe uh Shuri ends up um getting a W off of uh Nas Point later in, in that exchange. But yeah, so um probably like three and a quarter, maybe three and a half, I don't know. But it was a good match. Um Take so, Natsapoy. <laughs> it's funny because it's like Saki can't, because I guess, because, you know, she's a freelance, she can't take the L. And, like, Tam, they, t- like, Natsupoi joined uh, mm-hmm. Cosmic Angels. And, like, anytime it's time for, like, Tam or, or Nats- Tam to lose, Natsupoi takes that L. Natsupoi came out there and devoted her life to that woman just to eat her L. That's just hilarious. You signed up for this life. Hey, to be fair, she was doing the same thing for everybody in Domino Mondo, too. So, um... So then, uh, I'll say this match, though, you, it's a little different though, because like, you know, you, you're supposed to be a number two now. So like, if you just constantly throwing your body in front, front of the thing is the role, the expectations is much different when you are number four or five, that's what you're supposed to get down with. But two, they still treating you like you a little homie. You got a point there, but it's also because of the weird thing that's going on with Mina right yeah. now, or not weird thing, but like the whole part of like Unagi's out the promotion, or kind of half or one foot out the door and Mina's like might be a fashion leader, but isn't, but also is like holding the coats for, for them. It's, it's like, it's, it's weird, like transition to get to wherever, like whatever, like the established new status quo, ah, sorry, whatever the new established status quo will be 
will be and that'll be fine. But like getting there in this transition is kind of like, all right, like what are the dominoes going to drop on this so we can kind of get some clarity on this? Like what's happening? Like, are we just basically doing club beans until Mariah's like tour ends or what are we doing? Cause like, you know, uh, Zia Brooks, I like, already gone. You know, we can, uh, we can team up, um, Yoshi Hashi and, uh, Nassipoy at, uh, the new historic X over where we can have her, you know, with Bushi, you know, and they, they can talk about their lot in life together. So, <laughs> all right. So, um, so what was it, where were we at? Oh yeah, so uh, second time I found a match, you end up having uh uh sorry, uh Neo Start Neo Stardom Army, then I, you and uh you know Miss Mori, who like they, you know, they put her in there just because like, oh, we like her and she's on these uh Starman showcase not Starman showcase matches, but the uh the new blood matches, we'll throw her into a faction. Let's throw her into Nanai's faction of in- invaders. Um and uh they're ver- they're going against uh, uh prominence. So Risa Sarah, Kurumi, and Suzu Suzuki, and like this match was so fucking good. And um like there's a stretch with like Nanai and uh in Suzu and just <laughs> it's like Nanai just no selling her shit and like Suzu is like wailing on her and she's no selling and then like eventually um. It's just it's you have to watch it. You ha- you just have to watch it. It's like, like yeah, you're you're like the the hot brawler on the scene right now, whatever else with the street fighting and all the you know the the, the street fighting shit, or whatever else is like yeah, you could whoop me in a shoot. Like it was kind of like that. It was just awesome. Uh, but yeah, um, at the end, I can't remember who. I don't even remember how they won. I don't even remember how they won, but prominence in getting W. I think they. Uh, I think. What ended up happening is, uh, like you went for power stuff and ended up like clearing out Nanai and you, and they couldn't make a save from Mizumori and the Mizumori ended up getting. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what happened. Ended up coming down the final stretch of uh, Mizumori and Suzu, uh, and everybody from Prime was able to hold off Nanai and you, and Suzu could finish her off with a, uh, I believe it was a German suplex. Um, so. Then you get to the singles portion of the show. You end up getting with Hameka versus uh, Chiro Hashimoto. Rich, did you see this or did you? I, I, uh, didn't, get... I didn't catch okay. this one. Okay. So this was a little, this wasn't as technical as uh, Hashimoto's match with Mirai from the anniversary show, but it was very similar fashion of like, you're good at this. But I'm going to show you that it, like, I'm still better, even if you, even if you are like someone that, you know, is pretty advanced at this so like Hameka you know she, she tries to use power Chihiro's like let's do the shoulder tackle thing we can do that that's fine and then from there like it's just like it's suplex city in that bitch it's a suplex city and Hameka mounts a comeback but she gets overwhelmed and she's going up again put put down uh with I think one suplex and then eventually uh Chihiro gets a hold of the ankle and gets the ankle uh lock and then Hameka taps out. Um, really fun match. I I might give this four. I really like this match, to be honest with you. Um, I, you I, I would need you to check it out and tell me what you think about it, but I really liked it. Um, so, then you end up getting the uh, net, white belt match. Sayakama trying to versus Suzuki. So, the setup of this, do you watch the, pre- the, the pre-match? 
Nah, like video package or no? I, I just watched uh, Side the entrance because I love her theme song. Okay, so video package details, you know, um, how Hazuki got the the match. Like she pinned um, Hazuki. Hazuki pinned uh, Kamatani during Triangle Derby. Um, so they've had some exchanges of recent that I, I haven't gotten a chance to see yet. But like uh, people like Keem have been like they've been great. So um, Hazuki ended up beating her with a flash Hurricanrana pin. Uh, so. This match reminds me so much of like the 2019 like title matches, where it's like the champion is on the ropes, and then they survive the uh, initial onslaught, and then it's neck and neck, and then the champion pulls away at the end, and you're ju- and then you're just sitting there like, what the fuck just happened? This challenger, bro. Had her had the That's beat. Funny. It reminded me of like it reminded me of like the Mayu of like when Shuri was beating Mayu's ass in 2020. It reminded yeah. me of like it reminded me of Azuki beating um Hiroshi's ass bro, in 2019 too. I was just gonna say that like when I was watching this, I was like, bro, I feel like I've seen like this before. Like I feel like Hazuki, like when she was fighting Arisa Hoshiki, like and then Arisa just got her out of there at the end. Yeah, like so. Obviously, it's not the same match. Uh, this match is, I think, this match is probably better. Um, I have to go back and watch. Like, I, I just think, I think that Kamatani on her top end is better than Hoshiki as far as most things in the ring. Um, so, like, yeah, this this match was excellent, man. Like, it was like Azuki just Azuki just had ants for everything that she was doing was cut off for water. Like, so you know, getting pins on her, getting her getting her arm in position where she kicks out, she immediately puts her into a cross face. She has to struggle to the ropes after all that laying on her and all that kind of stuff and uh commentates gets to the ropes. She's huffing and puffing and dying. And then Hazuki, she gets to her, you know, she gets to the brain buster. Brain buster finish. I don't think I don't can't, I don't think I don't think anyone's ever kicked out of the brain buster. Like, you know, you know, open the night at the Grand Prix, she pinned um Julia with it. Like obviously, you know, she it was a Michinoku. It was like shoot head, but Michinoku driver. Then the brain buster, but still, it was like <laughs> the brain buster is putting people away in the uh, opening half of the uh, Grand Prix. And um, like when she has her up forever, she has her up just like Goldberg getting ready to hit the jackhammer. She had her up there for for like five, ten seconds, and like, the crowd just like in awe. And then when she landed that, you can see uh, Hazuki. If you go back and rewatch, you can see her as she lands. You can see her slightly fist pump and then roll like, like yes, I got her. And then like pin and go for the pin. And when Kamatani kicked out at 2.99, Hazuki got, you know, because how violently uh, Kamatani rolled, got her shoulders off. That that sent like Hazuki off of her. And like Hazuki was like, she like basically like jump like from getting thrown off of Kamatani, she like jumps onto the ref and is like, Are you serious? It wasn't a fucking three almost? Like that kind of feeling. It's like the sense of desperation that she had and like I just hit her with my best shot and I didn't fucking drop her. And like so I, I think at a different point she goes to the top row for the Centon, lands it, they didn't get a three count. So then uh, you know, she still has momentum of the match, but then like Kamatani, she has a flash her Karana for her near count survives it and then like Hazuki he's coming up can start catching up and then like at the left and then you think like okay the tides are turning and Hazuki hits her own uh um, her Karana for a flash pin and then um you know they they both trade like Michinoku driver versus uh Star Crusher and then um Kamatani finally hits hits the uh like the Kamagoye big boot thing that she does 
and then she ended up hitting a star crush into the corner, and then she hits the 450 splash, and no one's ever kicked out of it, and then Hazuki kicks out of it, and you're like, okay, this is going to keep going. Nope, gets her up, star crusher, gets her up again, star crusher, one, two, three, and I was like, this match is awesome. I think this is the best Hazuki match I've ever seen, singles-wise, and I think that this is the best Kamatani match that doesn't involve Tam Nakano. I was very impressed with this match. Uh, this was great. Easy four and a half. Easy four and great. a half. This was like, yo, I know like Sai Kamatani's had a couple shaky performances, but she shook all that shit off and, and is like, yeah, I'm still here. Uh, I'm priming up and I'm going to keep running up the score with this white belt. Somebody like the- come, come challenge me. Like I don't know if that I don't know if the point was to give her those weak challengers and you know less experienced wrestlers as challengers to get you to the point of like oh my god Azuki's a threat because she's a number two in a faction and she's one of the best wrestlers in the roster, but like it was totally different from like them them defenses that we had like post Mina. Yeah, and it like, was from, like so, so basically like from late October until just now like she just kept getting these weak opponents like she had Ami who was a future champion at the time she had uh, Haruko Masaki who's not in the fucking company right. Um, she had Momo, and then Momo wanted to do like the I'm evil match as opposed to do the I'm Momo Watanabe match, which is like you know disheartening. It was it was weird. It was really weird. I, I was but watching. I'm glad this. that like she was able to get this match kind of get because a lot of people were like, hey, they begging her for to get off these matches. These bad like the def- defenses. Like, well, it's not the defense as much as it's the challengers. Yeah, I, I was watching this, and then I was like, man, are they really gonna put Hazuki over her? And then I was like. Hazuki should have went back to the bodega. Like, Sai Kamatani is clearly on a trajectory, and Hazuki's, like, high-end help right here. Um, and I don't know where where she goes particularly from here, but, um, you know, the, this kind of match is, like, a match where I see the person that loses, like, I'm like, oh, they could probably retire soon because it ends up, it's like, well, we start hearing that stuff about, like, well, I wasn't going to go any higher in the company, but um, I think, you know, enjoy these uh, these matches because, like, you know, you never know when you're going to get another one. Like, and uh, I feel like the, these people are in two different trajectories. Like, Hazuki's been primarily, like, you know, a tag wrestler with, with Kaguma, and to come back and they'll throw out in these matches, they, they give her a... Uh, I think they gave her a, a title challenge against Shuri, if I'm not mistaken. Utami uh, last year. Oh, sorry, Utami at the end of 2021. Okay. And then, um, you know, stuff like this, like they'll pull her out in these situations, but I, like, I don't expect her to actually win. Uh, I thought she was kind of a dangerous challenger going in, but um, yeah, I, from, from this point on, I don't see it, especially with Julia looking like she's locked in. Also, yep. Uh, I don't think she's a red belt champion. I think she's a white belt champion as well, or white belt challenger. I think she's in that division. Um, like I know she, I know she beat Julia, but like once they give, like the thing is, you know, you kind of be like, all right, well, she beat the person that eventually won, you know, the tournament and then won the title. That should be a whatever. But like once you give her the other belt to challenge for, it's like, oh, right, well, they're just not going to do that. Um, so they won Kamatani, and I think you know. It's, it's, it's weird because, like, Azuki's younger than the Kamatani. Like, <laughs> Kamatani's like 20, she turns 27 this year. Azuki's 25. Um, yeah, I, uh, I think she's in that division where it's like, 
any of Nasapoi or Hazuki or Mirai or Kid or Mina can win the belt. Uh, like there will be like the next, you know, during that division, there'll be the people challenging for that belt over the next two, three years, whatever else. But like, and those will be like the big competition for it. But like, those will be the two, those, you know, two or three of them out of those five will be the, you know, the successors to Kamatani eventually. I just think that, um, given what was going on with the schedule, like it could be, you know, a situation. Also, I should throw Mike into that too, as well. I think, um, given that like Cinderella is two weeks before the Yokohama show, and then they'll do a pay per view at during Golden Week in, in Fukuoka, which is where you know they had that show last year with like home to home area F F W C home area Micah are challenging for the titles, and then you know F W C won, Micah lost. Like I could easily see like they after this match they announced that um they they finally do they're, they're going to go with Mina for Mina versus Kamatani. Like I could easily see like all right. Cinderella was two weeks before the Yokohama show. We don't want to do Yokohama. We don't. We want to have the cart out. So let's do the Mina thing. If Mina doesn't break her, doesn't get her teeth knocked out, she probably never wins the white belt. I don't know if that changes their plans, but like we'll do their match there because a lot of people are really into it. We'll break their hearts or whatever else. Have Kamatani roll over Mina again, and then like we'll have Hazuki or Micah win Cinderella and then win in Fukuoka. I can easily see that happening. Um, but. I think either way, like Kamatani has like one or two defenses left. But uh I will say this. Someone mentioned this as far as like uh on um I wanna say Discord in in uh Voice of Wrestling about about stardom. It was like they gotta break up like they gotta break up like these long title reigns, like somebody needs a short reign. And I was like I don't know if this is like a thing where people are like just from experiencing starting the last few years, but like Stardom's always had longer reigns. The only time it's been shorter reigns when like something weird's happened with like someone got injured and had to vacate or whatever else. For the most part, like you're holding the belt for like five months to five to seven months every single time. Um, I feel like it's, I feel like the booking since I've watched it and I can't speak for anything before 2019 is like, the, there's like this long term set of champions and then like all the challengers kind of get flipped around until like one of them gets picked to hold the belt and you add that person back in the pool they go to the end of the line and then by the time the next person wins the belt they're back in the front of the line and they just kind of rotate as like a long um, thing like that plays out over a year yeah more or less and sometimes people get get a you know get two defenses or two challenges. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, you know, just thinking about it with the Hazuki thing is like, you look at it like 2019 was like, okay, can Konami break through? Can Tam break through? Can Jungle break through? Can Hazuki break through? And it's like, the only one that broke out was, that broke through was Tam. Mm-hmm. And, and now like, you know, like once Tam won, they had to like completely rebuild that division. And like <clears throat> through like the Tam, um, rain in the Kamatani rain. Like now, you're looking at like this new set of like Micah, uh, Hameka at the time is when Hameka's were going to retire, Mirai, Kid, Nasapoi, Mina. And it's like it's been rebuilt after people like you know banged their head on the on the wall or whatever else and they couldn't break through except for Tam. And then like it's all been you know, and it's like it's, it's back to that point again. It's like now you got Hameka partially retiring. It's like, be careful with this, like you know, this year long 
two year long reigns back to back or, or at the top, like you might you might want to flip this shit up. Otherwise, you can lose people. Obviously, they keep bringing in more talent or whatever else. Like there's a apparently besides the three rookies they have, they brought up or just called in and passed a protest recently. Like I think there's four more. They're in the uh, they're like ready to go. So there might be like seven rookies this year. King of the North booking matches that that ain't gonna have no finish in the um in the chat. Inside oh Kamatani versus uh AEW Women's and High Speed Champ Riho on AEW Rampage. A- ain't neither one of them losing. <laughs> oh, I can tell you right now, who's losing that one. Rio ain't doing no job. Right, Rio ain't losing. That, nah, Rio ain't doing no jobs in the in in, in stardom. It's funny because like no, Rio so has more matches in stardom than AEW, but still, <laughs> uh, is that true? Yes. Yeah, I, I, that sounds that sounds crazy. I've looked it up. Yeah, like uh, I, I think she's had like a couple more since then. So like now, I think she's probably had like five or seven more matches in in stardom. But it's like you know, as it keeps going, like it'll it'll cut down. But it's like you think of it as like she's only around for like you know, eighteen months in stardom. Um, but yeah, so great match, great defense, like. I, I thought Hazuki like I thought this was her best performance in the match I've ever seen from her. As far as like desperation, it also helped that like her nose got busted and she's bleeding out her nose and wrestling throughout most of the match. It also helped. Um, like, if you blood. don't get blood, get it the real way. That blood, get it the real way. Um, so, uh, semi, semi, I'm sorry, uh, third from the top, high speed match, Starlight Kid versus Azumi, and yes sir. Did it again man yes so they, they did it again man one week ago we came on this show and said starlight kid versus zumi it's one of the most exciting stories of the future well the future is now <laughs> so <clears throat> the approach they took to this sorry so the approach they took to this match was very different from the first one where it was like let's go out there and have the fastest paced match we can possibly have until our lungs are about to explode out of our backs and then we'll, you know, go to big big moves after that and get out of there. <clears throat> this match was, um, even though you have the the, the storyline beat of Azumi targeting repeatedly uh, Starlight Kid's arm and eventually working it over and then eventually getting the uh, the, uh, the the double arm hold or sorry uh, the numero uno and getting it uh, <clears throat> kid to tap. You have this interplay of like over the years since then. Uh, Starlight Kid has like became more of a tactician as far as working over the leg and then getting her version of a stretch mu- stretch muffler. Um, so I think she calls it the Dark Tiger Leg Destroyer. That's too. It's it's a stretch. It's a modified stretch muffler. I'm not going through all that. So, <laughs> um, so you have that. So you have their match of them. You know, they're open to change, and they both start targeting each other's. You know, targeting Kiss, targeting Azumi's knee. Azumi is targeting Kid's arm again. And like, then from there you start getting like reversals and of spots from the from the match they had last year. Where like at the end you end up getting to uh, setting up for that uh, Spanish fly. And Azumi like instead of going you know doing the you know getting flipped with uh, Kid, she just basically like pushes her and shoves her. And like Kid basically has to basically moves on her own. And then she basically uh, gets her, grabs her and then flips her into an Azumi sushi for a pin attempt. This match is excellent. And, um, if you watch, I feel I haven't watched both of them back to back or whatever. But like, there's so many things I remember from the first match that they use in the second match and use as like counters and reversals. I thought it was awesome. Um, and like, this was their last match, you know, 
that they plan to have in the high speed division um, at the end of the match uh, after Azumi ends up getting the uh, uh, the win, making Kid tap out again. Um, they sit in the middle, and the belt is like in in between them, and they basically you know picky swear each other like you know we're, we're going to get to the next level with this, like we're going to get this thing to the main event. And um, I'm hoping like hell they do because like there's so much more they could do with each other. And like, I don't think there's many wrestlers that have better chemistry with each other in the world. Um, they're just incredible together. And <clears> like <throat> the fluidity and the thought, it, like, bro, like it, it feels flat. Like I'm watching like Eddie and Ray, like it just flat at this point, like it's ridiculous how awesome they are. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, this was like, you mentioned, this felt like a higher level compared to their match last year. Last year they went on last and that was almost like that was like a best of kind of all-star-ish exhibition, I'd say, last year. This one was like okay, Starlight Kids kind of got the elevation a little bit but we need Azumi to like we need to push Azumi as well because obviously they're getting her ready for Mercedes too. So it's like, all right, you're going to come back down to high speed, even though, you know, I think we kind of feel like Starlight Kid is like had graduated a little bit. But it's like, we're going to make you challenge, but you're going to lose and kind of I, I expect Azumi to drop the belt pretty soon now. Um, and seeing them continue to just write small little chapters, I think is just going to be so fulfilling in the long run because, as you mentioned, insane chemistry and then just like the changes in them and their characters and their appearances and by the time like this shit gets to the red belt like it's going to be so fulfilling for for everyone that that has watched this um and it's gonna be yep like like by the time they're done and it's gonna is I like I'm almost getting sad thinking about the end of it just like that 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 journey that uh you know we're already on with it and it's like this is great like this is like these are like the like when they ask you why do you watch wrestling it's for st- stuff like Starlight Kid and Nazumi Yeah I um I think this match was them like going out with a point that like yeah, we can go out there and we can just wrestle forever and really fast and everything and, you know, do the, you know, the flips and twists and, you know, the calisthenics, if you will, or the, the choreography, if you will, whatever you want to call it, the gymnastics, blah, 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 blah. But, like, we can also the tell a story. Stuff. Like, and if you, and if, like, and if you are so dense, you can't see that, like, the stories that they've been telling with each other as far as, like, the way that, like, Azumi will just target her arm and how, kid sells it and like fights through at times during all this fast stuff and you just can't get it that there's a story being told then fine like we won't have like our traditional high speed match we will like basically give you a preview of what like our red belt and white belt matches could look like this is what I imagine if if you told me like what would a semi-main event main event white belt red belt match look like between Starlight Kid and Azumi this is it and like it's really just like half high speed, and the other half is like some right. version of like a of a Mayu Iwatani type of match, as far as somebody picking off a leg or whatever else. And Mayu has sell. Like I just thought, I thought it was great. And um, for people that think that they're just out there, just you know, just doing shit. Like, all right, watch this one. 
Because a lot of people, because I think I think a lot of people were like impressed by like the physical, like the physical gifts that those two have on their Washington aren't necessarily like that. that no starter is like you show them the match, be like this is great, but not my cup of tea. If you were a person that's like this is great, but not a cup of tea, and, like this is the match that you show them instead. Like this is a match. That, like if I like for example, like someone like Sir Sam, this is the match that I would show Sam instead of the first one. Even though like, for me, like if you ask me for rematch factor, I'm watching the first one. Yeah, yeah, I um. I think just like this shit is bigger than the moves and it's crazy. I'm a moves person. Right. And, um, if you can't like, if you have to see somebody work an arm to feel like you're being told a story, I'm like the story of the story is them themselves. Like that's (laughs) them being on the opposite side of that person and the rise to each level. This is triple H and the rock. Like you've seen this shit before. That's what this is. That's the story. Like the moves are the conduit to their climb to the ladder uh, you know, of of racing each other to the top is John Cena and Batista. It's the same shit, like, <laughs> right? And they even have their like their own. I they even have like their own like, like their own like uh people that they go to to like to have like the the upset factor with. Like, it's never it's not happened yet, but like someday, Starlight Kid's gonna upset Julia, right? We already have Azumi has upset Shuri before, right? Like twice, but like clearly. One likes working with, like, as far as top stars, like, clearly, Julia likes working with Kid. Shuri clearly likes working with Izumi. And they have these big matches, like, once or twice a year where, like, it's like, you know, uh, what do you call it? Old money versus new money. And it's always interesting to see those or whatever else. It's like, there's clearly a plan in place for them to get, you know, um, up to the next level over the next few years. It's just, like, story. other stories have to play out in, in like, That'll be there when those other stories play out. It'll be awesome. So, um, some main event, Red Belt match. Julia defends against Maya Yuki. And, man, um, so you watched this match. I, I insisted you watch this match because yes. I saw the match. And and also, like, I'm watching this match after it followed the two previous matches that I both, you know, think are classics. And, um... I'm watching the match, and I'm like, okay, so we're going to get in the ring and wrestle. And they keep teasing like as if they're, they're – it's like we want to have a fight, but then keep, but then like we want to tease and break these 20 counts to get back and then eventually get back outside to keep fighting. And I'm just like, okay, this doesn't this does not compel me that you're – just because you're beating the shit out of each other and throwing and power driving each other. But like it's very brutal. It's very physical. It's awesome as far as that. But it's like – no one's attempting to actually win this thing. What's what's going on here? So I'm thinking, like, is this an angle? What's going on here? And the next thing you know, they reach a 20 count where uh, Maya is put on the floor. Julia tries to get in the ring, and uh, Maya grabs her. So it's a double count at a 20 count. And I was like, okay. So they were trying to do Okada and Kiyomiya, uh, except like in a 17 minute singles match as opposed to a tag match. And I was like, this is ha- but they just did this shit like six weeks ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Why would you re- try to recreate this that soon? But uh, I thought they beat the hell of each other as physical. But like after that finish, I'm like, I want to see the rematch. I want to see someone get beat. But like, I don't know how you replicate that into a match where someone wins and loses. I got to say, 
I was compelled. I was watching this and I was all in. I was excited. I was loving them, kicking the shit out of each other, brawling around the arena and back in the ring. They were throwing tremendous strikes at each other and knees. Um, I was watching this like, yo, I haven't seen like, 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 where did my Yuhiki come from? And you mentioned she's like, uh, the old ice ribbon ace, and I'm like, man, is this what they be doing in ice ribbon? Can I, can I get some more of that? Like, <laughs> um, not not by and large. It's really it's kind of you know, uh, obviously they had more they had more uh, top end talent than um than Tokyo Yoshi Pro, but like it was kind of like the same thing where it's like we don't we're not really trying hard until we get to like the semi main event, mm-hmm. and then we get to the main event, um, and that's kind of what it was. But like, uh, you know. Because obviously you've seen Suzu, you've seen Risa. She can when she's motivated, she's great. Um, Yuki was my favorite. I keep I had, I had rave you for years that like she's my favorite ice ripping her. And um, yeah, it's just uh, I guess you know, I, they also had Sukasa and, and Sukushi, but yeah, it just. For, I guess for, I'm for looking reason, at like Julia still in like Julia side quest mode, like what with the belts that she's like tying up these personal issues. Like when I I don't know, I just thought this was like. This was I thought this was phenomenal. I had to ding them for the for the finish because like I was like, yo, this match is incredible with like one of the worst finishes I've ever seen. But like, but to, I get what but they I'm were asking doing, you, right? Because I didn't. But my ask, I guess I'm asking you because like you you were were you un were you unspoiled, unspoiled. on the finish? Unspoiled okay. on the finish. When you watch it, you feel like you're watching a match. Or you're just watching a fight. Uh, I thought they were going, I, I didn't, I don't feel like it was done, like playing out. Like it was like, yeah, they did, um, t- uh, all these Irish whips on the chairs, which looked crazy. They did the two big table spots to each other. It was almost like w- w- each person had to do the crazy shit. Then they were getting in the ring, slapping each other and shit. And I guess made my disconnect is like, I see there. I see Julia uh, ice whipping Maya. Maya is taking like these huge fucking big rolling bumps into like the third and second yeah. row with these chairs, and then Maya does hers, and Julia like, oh, she stops at the first row. I'm like, okay, asshole. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? So, 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 but, bro, so then, it was like they was so rough with each other. Like it was like, yo, this and, is the rough house. The That's slap, what this was. And then they start doing the slap stuff, and it's like, it was like. They're trying to no sell each other and like slap me more, slap me more. I'm like, I don't. That didn't, that didn't work for me. Eh. Um, and then at a certain point, I just realized like they're not actually trying to beat each other. No one's trying to get up, try to hit someone with a big move to, to like to get them in the ring to like or to hit someone with a big move or get someone into a submission or whatever else. Like they're just trying to beat each other up. And I'm like, this feels like an angle. And then sure enough. Like seven minutes go by, and then sure enough, it just was angled to get to a rematch. And this was like the whole point of this was we want to sell you on a big, on a big blood feud in a promotion that doesn't allow for purpose, purposely getting blood. And I was like, okay, all right, like you selling a grudge match, that's fine. Did it happen? But a lot of people love this. I'm I'm the only person that doesn't like it. That's not in love with this thing. Um, but I, you know, I guess maybe it's like because I've never really seen Maya like really do this mm-hmm. like she's more like she's she's a lot like Mayu in a way where it's like I come in I wrestle I throw a bunch of strikes I, I sail and bump and I tell a traditional story and then like this thing is like <laughs> the totally different from what I was expecting totally different from what I was expecting 
Um, maybe it's because my expectations is what it was. Maybe it's was I was expecting to get like the match you're going to give us in a couple months. I thought I was going to get it here and then we move on, but I don't know. But uh, yeah, like it was, it was definitely worth a watch. I won't say it's bad or anything like that, but it's, I just like I, I didn't know what to give it a rating. I was like, it doesn't feel like a match. I, I got to ding them for the end, so I'm gonna go four and a quarter. But like, if they they give us a finishing sequence at the end of that, and you know, we talking going higher than that. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, so uh, then the main event, you end up getting the two uh, finalists uh, for uh, for the Triangle Derby final. You end up getting prominence, and you end up getting uh, God's eye. And <laughs> at the end, Suzu ends up putting away Mirai. Um, it went the closing stretch uh, of Mirai and Suzu. It was really good. Uh, but at the end, uh, Mirai ends up getting uh, put down with the German suplex. And the, the, the trio's champions won the nine-week two block round robin tournament for trios teams. And I was like, what was the point? To show y'all prominence, you know, trying to show y'all, you know, trying to make prominence more prominent, you know, rich. Be real. Did that make any fucking sense? Prominent is prominent, and you know, computers is Putin, you know. Okay, okay, all right. Exactly, a certain dominance with prominence. Oh, you know, King of the North says exactly. That's that's what this was. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not as if we they have a Yokohama Arena show with seven. You know, to see seventeen thousand people, they need to. You know, you need to build towards. No, no, no. We need to use the first nine weeks just to have. A whole bunch of trios matches where the fucking eventual champions. Oh, also mentioned like after uh after the semifinals, Prominence said they were they were they were going to uh, put their belts on the line. So like it was a trios title match, but it was like okay, so we don't even get like the fallout of if there were a winner, then there's a match. You know, the built off the strength of them beating all these other teams to get to it. It was just been like ah. Uh, they, uh, uh, guys, I just won them. They're just new champs. I, 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 I just like, can you imagine how much that, how much that would like stink if like the G1 winner just, just won the belt and there's no like, you go to Wrestle Kingdom. That's what, I, that's what that felt like watching that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So nine weeks. You know, I, I, hopefully, hopefully people are rested up that, you know, needed nine weeks of, you know, because a lot of people were saying like is their explanation, their best explanation for why they did this was like, you know, a lot of people beat up or whatever else, not getting hey, nine weeks, whatever else. Cool. They, fine. They got right. to create a new franchise kind of off of this, too. I don't know. Yeah, I, I like. I don't know how in the future, like if people are going to be excited to say, hey, Triangle Derby is coming, but it, it's right. something there, you know. Right. I mean, yeah, sure. Um, Just. Just don't make it nine weeks of the year. Like, I just felt like they lost the momentum doing it because it wasn't like they were out here having like tag league quality matches where you have four star matches on like almost every card. Right. It wasn't like they were, you know, or it wasn't the damn sure one like the, you know, the Grand Prix were like, they're going to give you, they're going to throw like, you know, two to three four star matches at you. So um, it was just, it was just a, 
you know, they tried stuff. I, it was successful as far as the drawing. They did well. Like, I mean, the 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 show ended up drawing like nineteen hundred people, right? So, um, it's success or whatever else. And it was this was a great card. I mean, you know, uh, up and down. Um, but I just, as far as like the whole idea of like let's spend the first nine weeks of the year after we just crown Julia and like just put her in the ta- all these tag matches, not like build up opponents and you know that sort of thing. Like, I I felt like. I kind of miss stardom doing like the road to shows and building contenders that way. Um, but you know, now we actually have it now. So like they're full steam ahead until, um, they get to Yokohama arena on the 23rd of, uh, April. But, uh, before that they have a pay-per-view on the, a few weeks from now, but, um, it's, it's like a B tier thing. Like they're going to have like future title belt match, they're gonna have like uh I think sock uh, high speed match is zooming versus Sakashima. Um the, the future belt match is Lady C versus uh Ami as or Lady C is a challenger. I think there's also a tag match. Uh it's uh <laughs> it's the Nai and you versus Nasako and Roaka. So <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. They had the uh the the final night of Tag League, they had a match and it was actually really good. So like I expect them to have another really good match, but you know, these are just like throw out, just put title matches on uh, this next thing. that's on like a C tier thing and we'll do it. But uh, yeah, um, they're, they're definitely like saving their best stuff they have for um, Yohan Marina. So um, after this match um, between or after the red belt match, Cam came down to the ring and she said she wanted to be the challenger for uh, Julia for the uh, red belt at Yokohama Arena. So that's on. And like that card shaping up to be incredible. Like so far that, that's announced is Tam versus Julia singles match for the red belt. White belt match Kamatani versus Mina. Uh, Hameka versus Micah for Hameka's retirement match. And Shuri versus Shihiro Hashimoto for the uh, just for a special singles match. And then, like, also what's left to be announced is people think that, you know, they're going to do Mayu versus uh, Mercedes for that WGP women's belt. Like, that's a hell of a five card uh, lineup right there. And then who knows what they do with the tag belts or the trios belts or whatever else. Prominence. We'll see. We'll see. They should be on the card. I don't know who their, uh, who their opponent would be because, like, I think the perfect. Perfect uh, opponents would be uh, Azumi, Utami, and Kamatani. And that's been announced, but it's not for Yokohama Marina because Kamatani's in the white belt match. Gotcha. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's all I got. Cool, man. I guess uh, we should probably wrap this thing up. Uh, however, I actually did hear two things on Raw. Um, they made John Cena and Austin Theory official and Cena apparently ripped him apart with a promo and oh Jay Uso like turned on Sami Zayn just out of nowhere and super kicked him and shit and yeah the the quote unquote greatest story ever has led to what you saw um what did I say two weeks ago Jay's gonna Jay, Jay ain't gonna watch the tape he's just a dumbass and he's gonna turn on for no reason because he's always been a dumbass in his whole entire thing. He's been getting worked over by his cousin. He's a fucking idiot the Sam, whole time. These people are lying, man. Yeah. Like this, there, there's no way they're being truthful with this. This is this is cap, you know. 
This is Cap. Yeah, man. Um, so you want to end it? Let's wrap it up, then. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, y'all. Be sure to raise whatever app you're using to listen this with. Um, in the show notes of the show, if you're listening to the podcast, you'll see links to Rich's uh, newest music video, Dream Machine. And also, you'll go see the link to the pay hit for his album, Dream Machine Part One. Um, check him out. Go get it. Uh, all, oh, if you're listening, also, also that uh, the long, long song with myself, Mon- Montezzi, John Connor, Top Dollar, Swerve, B Fab. I think that's it. It's like nine minutes long. That hit streaming. Uh, you can look that up. It's called Price Gone Up or Price Went Up, one of the two. Uh, I'm on the second verse and got busy. Um, so, uh, if you're listening from the, if you're watching from the stream, you hit us up and we look at it on the PayPal and the Cash App. If you're watch, if you're watching, sorry, listening from the podcast, I'm mixing this all up. <laughs> uh, and also in the show notes, you'll see a link to our room so you can donate there. And be sure to listen to other shows on the network. Uh, besides One H Radio, you have Keeping It Strong Style, the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show, Grown Men Washes Shit, uh, the Great Consequences Podcast, Eight Bit Suplex, All Things Elite, Get in the Ring, Gate Great Match Generator. And meet the press now. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.